rustling of branches, the crackle of the undergrowth, whispers on the wind, and a low, haunting song of war that rises to a furious, keening note. Such are the only warnings one receives before the Sylvaneth strike. These forest spirits are the guardians of nature, charged with the protection of the wild places. Creatures of gnarled bark flesh and shimmering soul seed, they have dwelt amidst the woods and sacred heaths since time immemorial, serving the will of their mother goddess and striking down any who threaten the realms. Though the Sylvaneth strive to preserve life, they are no strangers to taking it. Their talons and blades are wickedly sharp, and their command of natural magics is unrivaled. With but a melodious incantation, their druidic leaders can call forth roots that burst from the ground to impale foes or whip up storms of flaying thorns. They are cunning and swift, masters of the ambush and the guerrilla strike. To walk uninvited into the domains of the Sylvaneth is to dice with death, for they do not take kindly to intruders and make gruesome examples of any who approach without paying due respect. The march of history has not been kind to the Sylvaneth. They have been pushed to the edge of defeat, worn down through centuries of atrocity until only the most warlike of their number remain. Yet, as spring follows winter, the children of the Everqueen have risen with renewed strength. Their song of rejuvenation, once reduced to but a murmur, now resounds the realms over. In this new age, the Sylvaneth are in the ascendancy and fight with a fierce determination to spread the power of life to every corner of the cosmos. Woe betide any who would stand in their way, for the forests are old and their memories are long, and their protectors take any opportunity to mete out vengeance. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a couple of laughs along the way. Bringing you Root, Branch, and Bull. I'm Dave Whitek, and this is Garage Hammer, talking Sylvaneth lore. Chris will be with us in just a minute. Before we get to that, I just want to take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, those guys who do so much for the community uh that includes chaos orc superstore 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 six squared studios six squared studios all your basing needs all your mdf needs all your token needs all your 3d printing needs if you if you need it six squared has it and uh once they open up their their community gaming center it's going to be just incredible um if you don't know about that check out their facebook page or check out our facebook page because when they post their progress i am quick to send it out to the rest of the listeners um and also let's of course not forget grognard games in roselle illinois where there is always something happening at grognards also want to thank our Patreon patrons, those that 1% who make this show, especially now, makes these shows and everything we do on it possible. And that includes our associate producers, Jake C. and James Brown, our executive producer, Scott Milne, and our newest patrons. And I believe it's Michelle DePellismaker. Michelle DePellismaker. I think that's right. Um, I hope that's right. 
if that is wrong, I would absolutely love it if you would um, either message me on Patreon or send us a voicemail and let us know exactly how to pronounce that. That is a heck of a gorgeous looking name. Uh, who else? We have also sponsored by Winter. Winter is a new patron. And Robert Fennelson. Newest patrons. Thank you guys for joining the almost 1% who make this show exist. Thank you so much. And if anyone else is interested in becoming a Patreon patron, head over to patreon.com slash garagehammer. And thank you to everyone uh, of our patrons, past, present, and future. Um, So listen, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and Chris will be here, and we're going to do the voicemails, because we've got some voicemails, and then we're going to do the toolbox, because we're going to be doing the toolbox. We've been skipping it way too often, and now uh, I figure with the lore episodes, dude, if you're here for the lore, you're here for the hobby part, too. So when we cover lore, we're going to be covering uh, the toolbox as well. So we'll be right back, and when we come back... um, Voicemail, toolbox, and then Sylvaneth War. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hello. Hey, hey. Hi. I'm, how's it going? Chris is here, folks. Chris is here, and we are on this uh, this Sylvaneth battle tome. Mm. Uh, you like it? I do. Yeah? I think it's cool. I love this army. I love how it looks. I love Alariel in general. I think her mm-hmm. model's awesome. I think the character, I think she is just kind of... She... Uh, sort of embodies, I think, this sort of elvishness that, but that is so foreign from the other types of elves we get. Yeah. Um, and just that she has these different aspects and stuff like that. I just think it's a cool army. Um, I, I, I'm not rushing out to build one of these armies, but I just I like I like the story. I like what she has made of this world when she came through. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are definitely not just wood elves. They're something right. very other, and I think they're cool. Yeah. They, how about you? I liked it. I liked how they kind of like brought aspects of you know the world that was into this one for you know the people who are into that. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. made a 
a little bit of an homage to that so that we can oh, sure. be satisfied with it, which is cool. I, I'm really hoping they do something with, you know, the Kernuwathi guys, but we'll see. I know. Yeah. That's all we can do is hope and watch and see what they do with that other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess like <laughs> he wasn't like how it used to work. You know, if we can dip back into old world lore, mm-hmm. it's that like he used to didn't he used to he used to die every season, right? Every winter he would go away. Yeah, but now he'd be really dead, isn't he? I, that's what they say. But he would die every year. Yeah, but that was season. that was a ritual. Like sort of killing, and that would happen, and he would be in the rebirth as part of the ritual. I think they just sort of killed him, killed him. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was part of the deal, right? Like that's how that used to work, right? Some wood elf noble would go to the glade, and he would become kind of like he would sort of be sacrificed slash embody the spirit into, of him. And yeah, it, yeah, and he would turn into Kernuoth, you know. But you'd have to have a wasn't he wasn't he was he Kernoth or was he Orion? Or well, he Orion Kernoth, right. same guy. But yeah. you still but the one the one when he dies has to die in a way that he can come back. I think they I think that's not what happened. There's all yeah. sorts of ritual and stuff that goes with that. So yeah, I feel but like if I feel like if she can recreate the Lady of Vines by just chopping her hand off and making a new one, there's some hope. Maybe. I they don't got know. The, they got the spear for, you know, they got well, the spear. They got it, the spear. He ain't coming back. I'm going to uh, be the negative guy. He's never coming on. back. They killed him. Good. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Before we get into that, we got two voicemails, and then we're going to do the toolbox, and then we'll get into this. So let's start with the voicemail. Um, first one is from friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, Chuck Moore. So let me get this one up mm. and going right here. Hey, Dave, it's Chuck Moore. I uh, was just listening to your latest episode of Daughters of Cain Lore, so big fan, big fan. And uh, I heard you didn't have voicemails in a while, so I thought I'd call in as I drive on my way over to uh, game night with some of my local friends. Uh, I just want to shout out, love, love the show. You know, obviously a long-time listener. Appreciated the few times you had me on, and uh, thanks for all the content, and thanks for all the old content too. I, I know I messaged you in a, a little message separately, but I'll say it here too: there's a little resurgence of Warhammer Fantasy Battles going on in my local area, and I've directed folks to your old content covering the books as they released, and they're just loving them. So it's great from beginning to end. Love Garage Hammer. Love you, Dave. Talk to you later. Okay, that's kind of awesome. Like I, you know, that is kind of kind of cool. So Chuck, uh, <laughs> Chuck's friends are, are playing old school Warhammer. So what better yeah. way to, to learn about that stuff than to listen to the the book reviews from back when that those books came out? No doubt, right? Loving it. Do you Loving still have it. you still have your eighth edition stuff? Uh, no. You don't. I did not keep most of that. So I got to make room, dude. I can't yeah. just keep. If I kept every book I had from this game, I wouldn't have nowhere for my other books, the ones that are actually current and, and being used. Like it's, it wasn't that many books. Just yes. the army. Okay. I yeah. mean, I've been playing this game for twelve years. I've been playing a lot shorter than okay. you, and I had dozens and dozens and dozens of books. I kept the latest, the last edition mm-hmm. of all the books, all the eighth edition books. I kept those. I. 
got rid of all the older editions. I kept them for a while, and then I said, you know what? I got a call. Wow. That's just me. I kept a few that I really loved, and I mean, I've got a couple of like sixth edition books and some really old ones for armies that I really loved, Yeah. but for the most part, I don't, I don't need them. Yeah. I've got the rules books, but I kind of, I, I kind of got rid of like all the, like the, you know, the battle, like the spell cards you could have. I got rid of all that stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not usable. Like I'm, cause I right. don't play, I don't play that anymore, you know? Mm. And mm. if I'm not playing it, there's really nothing for me to do with it. I mean, I have it. I can yeah. look at it. I can go back. I mean, some of the artwork's great. I do keep some of the old books. But yeah. I, I sat there and I was talking about it with Harrison, and he's like, "When's the last time you cracked this book open?" And I'm like, yeah. "I barely looked at this book. I mean, I had all the army books. I barely looked at half of them when I was playing the edition." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I, "No, got to make space. There's, I got so, limited space. I got five people in a house. Yeah, you know, it's just too much. I, I, I need to make room, and I did. And you I know, it's, you. it is what it is. I mean, if I had room to keep it all, I'd keep it all. Yeah, I like reading." I will read through one occasionally. My favorite one, I think, is the Empire one. That that book is awesome. The books were great, but I, I said I don't. I, you know, it's it's one of those things that I never go back and I, I never go back and, and look at them anymore. Yeah. And if I'm yeah. never going to go back and look at them, might as well get them. You know, to someone who wants them. Sure. Who's going to actually use them? So that's just me. I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to be a negative Nelly here. I just I. No, you I know, get it. There's only so much space you got. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, All right. I, uh, one more. We got one more, and then we'll jump into the toolbox. Hold on. His one's from Matt from Salt Lake City. Hey guys, Matt from Salt Lake City. Just wanted to call to wish you a belated congratulations on 12 years of podcasting. That is quite the monumental achievement. Um, I hope 13 years treats you well, and I hope you have another 12 in you. You know, go for the big two four. Anyways, got a question for you and. Apologies if it's a contentious topic. I know it is among my playgroup, but I got to know, in your opinion, squares or rounds? What's better and why? Thanks so much for doing what you do. I love your show. And, uh, yeah, take care, guys. Squares or rounds? Like, I, I'm assuming he means bases. What else could he possibly Well, mean? yeah, like square bases in Age of Sigmar? Well, I don't think... Uh, no, I mean, I think... or. Are we talking like I think he ninth, means in ninth, general, eight, like like four hammer fantasy eighth edition versus Age of Sigmar. Well, no, he didn't ask that. I think I think he just literally means. Do you prefer, you know, the, oh, the, the way the game plays? Yeah. Oh, prefer like how the models look on a base. Uh, maybe I like I said. I just thought, how, how does he prefer in play style? Oh, you know, it's not the game. He's not comparing the game. It's uh, I don't think he means like the game rules, just how it works when you have a big block of units or when you have round bases. But we could talk about how they look on the ball. They actually look better on round bases. They oh, absolutely look better for on round bases. Sure. Yeah, a hundred percent look better on round bases or oval that, that, bases. I don't think that's or... ever been a contention. Like nope. we've all we've always said that. Uh, I don't know if we discussed that on the air, but I know I remember listening to Podhammer and they even said the same thing way back then. Like oh, round bases just look better. For sure. They just look better. Um after playing both mm-hmm. while there is a uh there's a skill and a fun to playing with rank and flank with all the square bases racked up. Yeah. Um, if you're into the movement and the maneuvering of the game, then yeah. that's definitely 
the way to go. I agree. I am. I honestly like the move and the flow of the uh, round bases and just the 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 mm-hmm. not having to keep them in a block. The ability for it to sort of move yeah. and flow and mold around as yeah. the yeah. as the game's going on. Um, just in the ability when you when you recall models to the table, it's like okay, mm-hmm. just fit them in where they go. Yeah, and it's like oh well, oh someone's at your back rank. Oh, you're not putting anything. You're not your your entire spell or your power is gone because they're not popping up in this back rank. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels more natural uh, to how a battle would go. Um, in this way, just that's and that's that's just me. I mean, I know yeah. there's tons of history has tons of battles fought in you know ranked up armies marching in, but once the battle starts, everything sort of you know. I mean, I, I've never been in a battle. <laughs> I've seen a lot of them in movies. Yeah, it always seems even when you've got that that regimented thing once you get into that hand-to-hand combat that stuff devolves it's not like the front rows fighting and the guys in back are just cheering them on right it turns into a mess and that mess i think it feels better represented uh with a round base uh Mm -hmm. gaming sort of system that's just for me like an the overall spectacle of like the game i think it looks cooler when there's like rank and flank it looks like an like armies are, are arrayed against each other. I like how that looks. And then I agree, the tactical aspect of that style game, I think it's a little bit, I mean, it relies more on, you know, you know, flanking and getting this models and you're getting your units in the right spots and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. But that being said, I get it. Like, it's frustrating when, you know, you've got this big unit of 30 guys and only the first 10 make any difference or the first Twenty, you know, first two ranks or whatever. I get it. I understand why they did what they did. It, don't, it makes don't makes get me more wrong. Sense. I yeah. loved playing that. Yeah, I would play with Chris Hugh, and that was half of the game. Half of the game was getting into a position to hit him in the flanks, to get that a bonus, to get him in the back, oh, to yeah. redirect him. But also, just remember how much. Like even though that was a part of the game and it was fun to direct the flow of where they were, that blockiness also made a lot of fighting things more difficult. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It became more of a game. I just remember playing um, my uh, my Vampire Count's army against either Chris's elves or his ogres, and it was always mm-hmm. about summoning up one small thing to hit them on the side to cripple them and lock their movement. And it's, yeah. it's cool for the game, mm-hmm. but I feel that... The actual feel of a flow and a moving battle and a fluid battle, um, I I think that the round-based version of the game gives you more of that. Mm. Um, suddenly that, you know, it's like, I think that's why grabbing objectives and doing all that is so important when you, when you aren't playing with rank and flank models because you've got... Because it be, otherwise, if you're just playing to kill things, and remember, 8th edition, especially 7th edition, remember 7th edition, you mm-hmm. had a one-foot radius from the center of the board where you couldn't put any terrain. Yeah, no terrain, yep. Because you knew that at the end, you had big blocks of models that all had to slam together in the yeah. center there to play the game. I mean, I used to feel a unit of 40 marauders, 10 by 4. That unit was massive. I, I, had, two, I had two units of those guys. I had... 50 or 60 uh, black uh, 
the not the knights, but the the black guard or whatever they were the called. Grave, the great grave, the grave guard. guard. Yeah. Yeah. Ten by five or six. Yeah. And then I would I would never do zombies that wide because they sucked and I didn't want to <laughs> give as wide a frontage. So Yeah, why, yeah, exactly. I'd you have do. three units five wide and six deep and oh, yeah. usually by the end of the game, if magic was going my way, it was five wide and like twelve deep. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. it was just nonsense, you know? But mm-hmm. um and it's and it was and it was fun, man, and it looked great. Right. It was gorgeous. But I also remember if anybody had frenzy or if anybody had hit something that would cause them to have to charge, you could totally manipulate them and run them off the board with a couple of well-placed models. Oh, sure. Things that wouldn't normally happen in a battle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was, that, was the, that, was, that was the drawback that made uh, this better. But then again, like I said, that was remember when, when uh, Age of Sigmar first dropped and we were still sort of playing in that other mentality, that mentality of, just kill your opponents and get the mm-hmm. points for the models, and then you just you did you had just big blobs of models in the middle of the board, right? Uh, you know, it's it's a completely different game because of the need yeah. for the objectives, and suddenly those those are the tactics that take over when you yeah. lose the positioning of your unit against their unit, right? You know, so I think you have to remember like the context of when Age of Sigmar came out, like Warhammer Fantasy wasn't, I you know what they say it wasn't selling very well it was getting outsold by you know all these other fantasy style skirmish games because they were just more fluid they were more dynamic each model meant a little bit meant more and that was appealing to you know yeah those players so they had to do something and honestly i mean we've brought this up before when you need a minimum of 60 models for your core to be any good yeah. And you've got to get these and it's 50 bucks for 10. Yeah. You know, the the entry point. I mean, just dude, I had I had 240 zombies. Yeah, they were the mantic zombies, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> but they still. But still, <laughs> my point being, if you had to buy them, you have to paint them too. Well, yeah. You know, it be it getting in a horde army when a regular sized army was mm. 70 or 80 models. Yep. I mean, I painted a goblin army, so... Yeah, I know, you know what I'm talking about. about. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, goblin armies had, like... like If you were playing an all-goblin army, you had 150 goblins. You had three yeah, blocks had of an, 50, yeah. I had a night goblin army, yeah. Yeah, it was bananas. Mm-hmm. So that's, like I said, aesthetically it looks really nice. But I think gameplay-wise, I think, unless you're looking for that positioning as yeah. the main part of your game... Right. Um, I like I like this objective based, more fluid style. Uh, you know, uh, in there, and that and that that really caters to the mm-hmm. round bases. Plus, they look better. And this is a game that that that's important. You know. Well, yeah. So, all right. Good. Uh, those are our those are our voicemails. And again, if you wanted to call and leave a voicemail, all you would have to do is dial 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's right. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International call callers. In. Yes. International callers. Zero, zero. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's what it is. That's that's it. Yeah. There you go. That's my call spiel. In. Call us. Leave me a voicemail. I like the voicemail. Could someone in an international country, I guess... There's no, there's no option for like WhatsApp to call, is there? You can't do that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how that works per se. 
should get a garage hammer WhatsApp channel. You get all kinds of international callers. Uh, that's true. I should get well. I should get that. I should also set up and get my flipping garage hammer Discord up and running proper so that all the Patreon patrons can mm. be a part of that. So, uh-huh. what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm just old and lazy and don't understand technology. It's a sad, sad state of affairs, but it's a fact. Um, all right, so let's do this. Why don't we go into the toolbox? Yeah. All right. Uh, what kind of hobby have you been doing? I, I've been, I kind of been bouncing around a little bit. I've been going back to a couple of different armies. Um, I've been working on my uh, Slaves to Darkness army lately. I sort of had an idea for an army list, so I've been just kind of rummaging through my stuff, looking for old models, and I managed to find uh, like a couple of Chaos Chariots and a bunch of Chaos Knights, and I've been working on those. So I actually, I had like one of the old metal, you know, chaos chariots from, I guess they're like, I don't know, 90s-ish vintage, I think, something like that. And um, it wasn't, I don't know where I got it. It was not touched. So I didn't, I changed the horses out. I had the spare plastic horses from the new chariot kit. Oh, okay. Because I built the Gorby's chariot. Ah. So I so I used the plastic horses, and I put them with the old metal chariot, and I've been working on that. And then I got some of the oval bases, uh, and I found one of my other chariots, you know, mounted that thing, and you know, and then I've been I've got like the I have the metal chaos knights. They're oh my goodness! I know. Great they're, googly moogly. They're not quite in scale with the new ones, but <laughs> no, no, they're no, not. No, they are not. But I'm not going to let them go to waste. So I've been basing them, and I'm just going to use them just to play games with. You know, yeah. Why not? Why not? They're they're legit models. I mean, they, you know, absolutely. Th- there's there's definitely a size creep that has happened in this game when they're oh, going yeah. through. And you know what? That's fine, dude. I still have. I have Black Knights, the old metal Black Knights. Oh, sure. I got a ton of those. And they're kind of awful compared to the new ones. Yeah. But I have them. Yep. And you know what? You know what I didn't do? I mean, I think I bought, I think I made like five of the new ones. And then I said, yeah, I'm just going to keep using the old ones for now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I not? I mean, why would I not use them? I mean, they're old. They're painted crummy. God, you look at some of your old models. You're like, wow, I didn't even know what a shade (laughs) was, did I? Okay. Uh, but you know, I mean, what, I, it is what it look is. at the, I mean, I'm showing David a model through my camera, and I'm like, look at this guy. Like, I don't. This is like a corn, like hero. Yeah. He's on like he's on like a like a like a big chaos steed that's like. Oh, uh, it's gorgeous! Like, it's like uh, very busy, <laughs> right? And he's got like this awesome shield. It's. I don't remember buying, <laughs> painting. <laughs> Or anything, this model. But I obviously did, and I'm going to use holding it. So yeah, I'm going to use him as like you know he's going to be like the leader of this Chaos Knight unit. I think why not? That is too funny. I don't remember I, buying that. I, I don't remember buying it. I don't remember painting it. I don't remember anything about it. But 
That's hysterical. I just found it in a, my box of stuff. <laughs> so, any other hobby? Um, no. Mine is pretty short uh, because this week school started, so I've done no hobby this week. Uh, I've been just back getting back into the swing of work. And last week I was at Gen Con. Oh, yeah. And in between that, just trying to get the show out and trying to uh, get uh, everything working, including the computer and all that, was basically just a nightmare. So, um, you know, I, I, I did not do much hobby. I did I had one hobby night with Rotor. We were talking and hobbying. And uh, uh, I, built, I was working on one of the Leviathan Dreads for Horus Heresy. Oh, nice. So, that's about it. Mm. Yeah, I was working on my uh, my Ultramarines a bit also, but I kind of got sidetracked by this, new, <laughs> this, this other thing. Of course, it's the yeah. new shiny. Yeah, I, I was painting. I painted a lot of Ultramarine stuff, and I was in the middle of painting the Impulsor. And I just uh, I just had to tap out for a bit. Honestly, when I was doing the Ultras, I primed them McCrag blue mm-hmm. I hit them with a wash the parts that if anything was messy I went in with a brush McCrag blue just to brush it up a bit yeah and then followed that up I just dry brushed the crap out of the edges yeah and it was okay you know yeah, because that it works yep and then what I think I noticed that once you put the decals on the space marine models that's when they really sort of come to life you put the chapter yes. icons on there you put the you know the the designation, you know, tactical assault, whatever, you put that on there, and then you paint the eye lenses, that's when they, you know, kind of come to life for me. I really had a blast putting on the decals. Like, yeah. once I got the Microsoft and Microset yeah. and yeah. started yep. sitting playing with that, yep. that that's... That's the magic sauce right there. It's that's, so that's funny because awesome. it's nerve-wracking as you're doing it, but once mm-hmm. it gets done, if you're patient and you get it on nice and smooth and you get it yeah. on there. With the Ultramarines, I would have to cut them out like uh, around the, the logo, and then I would cut a slit, just a cut down <sighs> the top, down the center. Sure. So that way when it would go on the shoulder pad, yeah. it would need to wrinkle, but it had that cut in it, so it would just kind of yeah. kind of fold over in itself, and it was, oh, my God. It's... It made them gorgeous. Yeah, I got, I I got to the. I don't have, I don't do that now. I just, I did that a long time ago. But now I've gotten pretty good with the, the micro set and the micro saw. I don't even. It just goes on there. And then you hit it with the red one, and it just perfectly. It's kind of like a shrinky dink. It just, yeah, it just adheres amazing. to the edges. But I, I would, I would get this little tiny wrinkle in it. And since you're cutting them out, that one little extra cut did, yeah. did uh, especially because the ultramarine, it's just a big U, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and I know it's not a U. I know it's a Greek. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Not you, <laughs> not you, Chris. I'm just talking to the audience here. That's yeah. right. Shut up, audience. Um, <laughs> but I know it's not a, but you know what I'm talking about. It's what it looks like. And it's an easy cut in there. If it was it's something an inver- difficult. It's an, inver- it's an inverted Omega, right? Is that right. what it is? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, I I just uh, I I loved I loved doing that. That was so much fun. Mm. But that was I didn't do a ton of hobby because we went to Gen Con. Which, by the way, I did bring the the mixing board with and the microphones. Mm-hmm. And we got there Wednesday night. Everything officially started Thursday. Thursday night because we stayed with Kevin from Six Squared Studios. Ding, ding, and ding. Uh, Thursday night, 
after our first day, we all recorded talking about uh, all the new cool stuff going on at Six Squared Studios and the cool mm-hmm. stuff we did at Gen Con Thursday. And then Harris and I also recorded on Friday night, and then we recorded again Saturday. We recorded at the end of every evening. Nice. That way we remembered what we did. Yeah. And it didn't become a big blur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be dropping those uh, probably right after this one. Uh, oh, I'll okay. do I'll do one every couple of days to space yeah. out. They're like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, and I just I covered I I covered it all, but I spaced it all out so that way you know because um, we had some, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really cool stuff that and, and Games Workshop was there, and uh, I w- their their booth was 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 uh, eclectic. I would say was it well attended? Had. Oh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the demos were completely like sold out. Every you know, like if you didn't have, like if you didn't have a ticket, you could stand around. They bring you in, especially on the big with the horse heresy. They had so much stuff out there, so oh, they would let people yeah. come in and, and practice. But mm-hmm. um, it was it was pretty cool. It was a fun Gen Con. I had a really good time. Uh, Harrison and I both showed restraint and didn't go crazy with the cheese whiz. We only bought a few things. Nice. Um, but we did also make a list of things we wanted because we got to try them out and demo them. And Harrison's like, "Yeah, I sell that at my store." And I think Grognard sells some of it, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I could buy it well, there, or I could just come home and not lug it all home, and then buy what, it from my local. Your, store. Pay to your interest. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. save that because it's on the, it's actually on the, yeah, on the Garage Gamer. But we did, we we did a bunch of demos uh, for different games, and mm-hmm. we picked up a few, and we just, we just, honestly, we just had a blast. Yeah, and that's the thing that's great about Gen Con because it's just all sorts of gaming going all the time. And, yeah. you know, if you sign up early enough, you can get demos for everything. There was all sorts of Warhammer tournament stuff go on, a lot of 40K stuff, a lot of AOS stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that, but that's because I'm not lugging all my AOS stuff to Gen Con. I'm going there to see new games and bring home new stuff and talk about new stuff. Right. You know. Um, that, that's, that, and Gen Con, if you don't know, is it's in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Yeah, at the convention center. Yeah, and it's it, at the convention center and at the football stadium and in several of the hotels surrounding it. It's wow. Yeah, there's it's it's enormous. Like we went across the street to the Hilton to watch some movies that were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played demo games in the at convention center. We had a game of uh, of um, who goes there that was set up that was actually at the at the football stadium. Wow. Uh, it's it's. Are you re- telling me that? Indianapolis Convention Center is not big enough to hold Gen Con. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right, so they need to move it. The vendors hall is bananas. Well, no, yeah. they don't need to move it because they've got all these surrounding hotels that have all of these these ballrooms and and big rooms, and they just and uh, they just keep spreading out to to more stuff around them, and yeah. it's all still right there. Sounds like they should just stick it at the McCormick Center and call it a day. <laughs> I don't think that that's big enough either. Oh, dude, the McCormick Center is massive. But if once you start sectioning it off, you also have to have all those separate places because you've got all these different uh, other things going on. Because, I mean, Gen Con has, you know, like craft and hobby classes. It's got mm-hmm. uh, movies. It's got the... Um, I, I, there's, I, it's, it, it's, if you go and check out their, their website, go to the Gen Con website, mm-hmm. and just look at all the stuff that's offered in all the places it is. I mean, McCormick Center is huge, but it would have to be, once again, can it be all, is it all going to be partitioned off to encounter all these things? I mean, some of this stuff really is well-suited for the hotel ballrooms for the size yeah. they need, you know? Yeah. It's, I, it's mean, they just, may, I mean, they hold the auto show in one of the vendor, in one of the halls at the McCormick place. 
Uh, that is true. The freaking auto show is massive. Yeah. <laughs> they could, they, I think they can, yeah. I mean, I think that's where Adepticon is going to end up eventually, either at McCormick Place or the Stevens Convention Center, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, if it wound up at Stevens, my parents live five mu- five minutes from there. Oh, nice. I would just totally Uber back and forth. I would just yeah. hang out with friends, drink all night, and then Uber to my back to yeah. my parents' house. That that's a great location too, because there's a Blue Line Metro station right there. So. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's 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 great. It totally yeah. works. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, my gaming was all Gen Con gaming. It was not Warhammer gaming. Do you have any gaming? No, I think the last game I played was my Zinch versus Nurgle. I think I talked about that last <laughs> episode. God. Oh, that game's still burning me up. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Oh, there you go. Um, you got any other? Uh, no, I started watching Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds. I How is that? that? I keep hearing it's, good things it, about it. It's cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm on like episode three so not too far into it so it's, yeah, it's good so far i like it i'm catching up on my anime with harrison still mm. i'm on naruto shippuden i'm about 40 percent of the way through that series <laughs> god well we have the we have the thing that tells you what's filler episodes so we can yeah. skip them so it, it is 500 episodes but <laughs> you're really only watching i think like 300 once you get out all, all the filler 300 Gosh, they're twenty. Have, they're twenty minutes a pop. I mean, that's 20, yeah. you know, you watch a you watch a couple a night. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I watched. I can't say anything. I watched the whole Yu Gi Oh thing. So yeah. Uh, what else? I I I um, I started watching Sandman. I'm enjoying that. Mm. And I'm trying to think. I want. Oh, if you want to see a really insane documentary, the documentary on Netflix for Woodstock '99. Yeah, my. My wife watched that, and I caught a couple of minutes of it. I was like, oh, my God. They were talking, they were talking about the fire. I was like, what? You're watching the very end when they burned yeah. the place down. But <laughs> yeah. That place, that was crazy. And if you watch it, the the two dudes, who the main dudes who ran it, you know, they're interviewing him. And the one guy who is just basically like, hey, none of this is my fault. We planned something great. And everyone else is like, dude, you cheaped. Okay. And I'm sitting there with my kids, and they're like, they're talking about how, the, they were selling. They didn't let you bring in anything. You're there for three days. You couldn't even bring in water. Okay. Right. And then they had all the vendors. They farmed out the vending to keep costs down. So they mm-hmm. just rent. You know, they let they let, would sign people. You know, people would pay and sign up to come in, and they would come in with their food trucks and food be- tents and stuff like that. And like they were charging four dollars a bottle for water. God. And I'm like, okay, you know, and my kids are like, that's kind of high. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I go and I open up my inflation calculator. Oh yeah, and um, four dollars a bottle for water in, in 1999. Yeah, came out to, and I kid you not, and I'm going to do this again just to make sure I'm not crazy. But that inflation calculator, when we figured it, if the year is 1999. Yeah. And you spent four dollars. Four dollars. This is riveting radio. Oh, wait a minute. That didn't come up the same as we said. You know what? I must have plugged something in wrong. So four dollars. Still, okay, that's still not bad. Uh it's almost eight dollars a bottle. God. For a bottle of water. Yeah, and there was no refill stations. 
they had water stations, but they were just the lines were long, uh-huh. and eventually. With all the other stuff going on and the proximity to other places, people were like they, they they were testing the water, and there was just like bacteria in it that were like they put it away, and then they came back for, to you know the science guys who were testing it and putting it in the petri dishes, and yeah. they're showing you pictures of it where it just blossomed. Oh man! Like their people got trench mouth. <laughs> Like, it was gross. You see all those pictures of the people running and sliding in the mud? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, but there was also a problem with the with all the porta-potties and stuff like that. And there was, yeah. like, there was human d- debris in the mud. And people were, like, slipping through it and getting sick. And it's like, oh, my God. It sounds like a nightmare. Oh, you know what? I know I'm old, but the idea of just going to this place and camping out all weekend at a place and it was like on an air force base so like it was all that tarmac and stuff yeah, around yeah. There. so the heat was just <sighs> destroying pe- oh it's it's fascinating to watch this was a hot mess and it's amazing that it kept going and they tried to blame everybody the guys who run the thing the one guy tries to blame everybody on the planet but himself couldn't people just leave couldn't you just leave i mean yeah it but was you just paid so- all that money and if you leave you're yeah. done you know yeah I mean, it's crazy. My favorite part of the whole thing is when... Was it really if you left, you couldn't go back? I think so. It seemed that way. Because I've been to like a three-day music festival, you know, in the last six, seven years. And it was like, you could leave and come back. I mean, I suppose you you could, but where are you going to go? Yeah, exactly. Like you're so far away from everything. Yeah, if you're not local... Yeah. Like, if you traveled a couple of states, what are you going to do? This is... You budgeted for this. You don't have a hotel somewhere. Yeah. It's crazy. We, the one I went to was in Columbus, Ohio, so it wasn't that far. You know what I mean? It's like, it's... Yeah. I, like I said, my favorite part of this whole documentary, if you watch it, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, Limp Biscuit was on. Yeah. And this is at the height of their popularity. And if you know anything about them, they have songs that are called Break Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the one, yeah. They're playing this, and the crowd's getting rowdy, and then the show, and they're like, you got to calm them down. And he's like, how? <laughs> And they, they they got mad, and then when it comes off, they're like, do you feel bad that you really riled up the crowds and got them jumping up and down acting crazy? And he's like, no, that's not my fault. That's what we... And the, the, you see the, the, the concert organized, the main guy's like, I can't believe Fred Durst is such a jerk. And I'm like, you hired bands whose entire MO is songs about how they want, you, you know, about yeah. just smashing things and jumping around. And they went out there and said, hey, we're going to sing about smashing and jumping around. And then you got shocked when the kids in the audience started jumping around and smashing things. <laughs> that's the late 90s, man. That's all, it was, that's all music was about. So dumb. Stuff. It was crazy. That, that was fair. I'm, I'm going on, I know, way too long about it. Uh-huh. But I was just, and it's funny because ki- my kids were just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, they're yeah. about the age of the people who went there. And even they're like, mm-hmm. I would not be, oh, I, no, I don't, that, that doesn't sound like fun at all. I'm like, nope. Uh, so uh, that's my other as well. Um, nice. I know I had some other other, and I can't think of what the other other is, so I'm not going to worry about it. The other other. The other other. Yep. It reminds me of the other mother from Coraline. Remember that? Oh, gosh, yeah. God. That's so bad. That terrified my kids when they watched that movie. Yeah, Coraline is. I mean, that's that's <laughs> not that's that gets creepy in parts. Oh God, the other mother. <laughs> the buttons for eyes. Yeah, no, exactly, no. exactly. Ugh. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's take another quick break. 
And when we come back, um, we will dive into the lore. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We are back. Back hi, hi. is where we are. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, okay, so let's talk Sylvaneth lore. Some someone should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I I enjoy the intro to this one uh, quite a bit. You know that that first couple of pages where they're oh, just yeah. like. Where they give you that background, they're they're strange. Their bodies are not formed of meat and blood, but toughened barch and rich sap. They are not born, but grown from mystical soul pods. They are symbiotic with the landscape, and fate has been very unkind to the forest spirits. Mm-hmm. Age of Chaos, um, Age of Chaos wrecked. Yeah. The, the the realm of life. Let's be honest. It did. Nurgle went in there and did a huge number on that place mm-hmm. um, to the point where it distracted him and cost him uh, a lot of power. Uh, he gathered a lot of power in that place, but he really focused on this one realm um, to the exclusion of, of his ability to grow in other realms like he did here. Yeah, I mean, there were spots in... Uh, in the realm there that were direct portals to Nurgle's garden. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean like, you had some of the major flowing sources of water, uh, you know, bringing that, that pure, uh, you know, it reminds you of the Entwash where you drink it and yeah. you just grow stronger. And yeah. you had great unclean ones just basically sitting at the mouth of this, just sitting in the water and crapping in the water and being gross just being gross in the water turning the place into basically into into another nurgle's garden right just corrupting and violating this land yeah yeah. if you remember when we reviewed the magakin book there was they mentioned that in there too that there was yeah direct portals to nurgle's garden yeah like it actually like became part of it yeah, you know, yeah, he was actually stretching his realm into the mortal realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so powerful at that point, right. Right. Um, and that's what becomes really cool about 
this uh, because this like the realm of fire. I mean, okay, we did have this discussion a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Basically, chaos owns ninety percent of every realm. Yep. I mean they they came to the to the precipice. They almost won. There's a few exceptions. But yeah. Yes. There are. Yeah. We don't know how much of the realm of shadows they actually have. Right. right. Um, but they took over so much, and yeah. This, but this, I think. I think when you look at this realm, you think this realm got it the worst because it's such a visible, obvious change mm-hmm. between all the beautiful, growing, verdant life, plant life, and stuff like that in in the realm of life. When and Nurgle stepping in, the, yeah. the huge changes to it become so obvious. So, what's in your mind's eye when you think of these forests? Like, what are you picturing? <sighs> like for like for me, it's kind of like. Like Avatar, you know, like the jungle that's in Avatar. It's just like, I mean, it's just it's just everywhere. You know what I mean? There's no getting away from it. Uh, parts of it, yes. But when you read this, they have, what, a dozen seasons? Over a dozen different seasons? Yeah, yeah. And, the different, and when you read about the different uh, clans or the different groups, their forests sound very different. I mean, some mm. of them... Uh, and and I don't I don't want to um, automatically go back to Tolkien, but some feels like Lothlorien. Yeah. Some feels like Mirkwood. You mm. know, some of it is thick, swampy growth. Some of it is just beautiful. You know, nice groves. Um, there's going to be long, flowing, just plains of of beautiful grasses and plants. But yeah, and then part of it's going to be like Avatar with just giant, mo- you know, right monstrous, you know. 80 foot wide trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I basically, you know, I think that when, when you picture this, basically every nature setting you've ever seen, yeah, any green nature setting you've ever seen, you could find it here. That's kind of how this place feels. Gotcha. Um, I like the Avatar idea, though, because that's got that sort of different, and with all the weird things, all the right. weird growth that you, we aren't used to. Yeah, it would look. I think if you walked into, you know, the deep forest of this realm, it would look completely alien to you if you were from, you know, Akshi or something. You'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah, you couldn't. You can't even imagine. Those are definitely trees, but I don't recognize half ninety uh, yeah. percent of this other plant life. Yeah, no clue. Right? And plus, it's, it's dangerous. Like, yeah, it's like a death world in like forty k. You know uh, what I mean? It's like. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, unless like you know how to live along with it, the the, right. the the realm will kill you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's. I I just think it's amazing, though. It's such a cool place. It's such a cool setting. It's it is. so foreign, like you said, because it's got that otherness to it, and mm-hmm. because the the things that live in it are made. It says of sap and bark, mm-hmm. sentient. Tree things coming out to protect their their plant. Where I mean, that's just so different from, you know, what we have here, and yeah. that that I think that makes it such an interesting place, right? Um, and then we've got Alariel. Yeah, she's kind of a, uh, she's kind of a, I don't know, is an enigma. Is that the right word? You know, what I mean, she's just does she she fits in it. Because she's like the she's basically the master of this realm, but oh, yeah. she's not she's not native to it. You know what I mean? No, I mean she came here and completely took it over, and and yeah. and as you know, yeah, right. It's and that's I think she's the 
has anyone else so completely taken over and ruled a, f- a whole realm like that? I mean, other than Nagash. Right, other than that was the first name that left to my idea. Other than Nagash. And like, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I, I mean, mean Archeon kind of rules the eight points, but that's like, yeah, I, he's not there half the time, and it's just a, right. it's just a mess. And that, let's, you know, it, 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 you know, I don't mm-hmm. know that that would be the same. Yeah, and he's not really a god, per se. Archeon. Well, then again, Sigmar does... Yeah, but hold a zero. Uh, but he—I don't know that he walked into a zero and said, "This is mine," and just took right, it. Like, right, right. Like she showed up there and planted soul pods, yeah. started creating the tree. I mean, the stuff that's there, she made. Yeah, well, she brought stuff with her from the world that was. Yep. And planted it there, mm-hmm. and it and it took root, and is now, you know, now it's there. Yeah, her magic is is very interesting. Um. I like Hilarial as a character. She came mm-hmm. in there. She was growing. Things were beautiful. Age of Chaos comes, and so much havoc is happening. Yeah. And she just it. She goes into this winter mode, this sort of depression, you know, yeah. like a melancholy. Yeah. yeah, and the realm reacts to it because she's mm-hmm. so intertwined with it. Right. And I mean, and then eventually, and we'll talk about this in the history part. Uh, but you know, eventually. She sort of dies and is reformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she actually she actually goes into you a, know yeah. a soul pod basically, mm-hmm. and has to be rescued. Yeah, and she comes out as the war aspect, and yeah. God, that model is amazing. Yeah. And Hilarial is just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like you said, she is kind of an you don't read it like. You kind of get Teclas. You get Nagash. Mm-hmm. You get Sigmar. Like, we we know what these guys are doing. Yeah. We know what's happening. Uh, and then you get her, and it's like she's just kind of living there and just wants to run this and doesn't necessarily want to be involved with other things so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's the classic wood elf theme, right? Yeah. If we're going to run back to the world that was, that's what the wood elves were. They were always that balance between... The high elves and the dark elves, right? You had this race of tree-loving elves who were kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? Don't mess with them because they will straight up murder you if you go into their realm. I but feel they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be evil. I feel like because I was looking at some, because you know, of course, at Gen Con we were going through all the role-playing game stuff, mm-hmm. and I keep looking at her and trying to decide. Harris and I were trying to decide: is she like a true neutral or a chaotic neutral, or is she more mm-hmm. of a a chaotic good because there is I would I almost want to go with chaotic because the stuff she does the stuff that she grow it just causes havoc. Yeah, I mean, um, she did. I mean, she unleashed her spell really with no thought other than her own. Oh, I think she want. had some thoughts to it. I think she was fine with it though. It's like yeah, oh, exactly, can, exactly. Yeah. She didn't care what the consequences were. She's like, I'm doing this. I've yeah. had enough. I've had enough. Right. And I'm doing this. Uh, the direct response to stopping the Necroquake and putting an end to what Nagash was doing, Yeah, she countered it. And boy, I mean, yeah, it did a lot of cool things. And it did a lot of good for her realm. But it also mm-hmm. woke up Gur. Like, yeah. it woke up Gur. I don't yeah. know that she was planning to wake up the realm because that realm has become insane. Right. Do, uh, do you th- I, I doubt she would have changed her plan if she knew oh, that was going to happen. She's yeah. like, whatever. Nope. 
No, because the, the realm of life bloomed from it, and her strength and the strength of her people grew. And I think that's mm-hmm. sort of a once again that's sort of. I still feel, I mean, on the side of order, I still feel like she's one of the good guys. I mean, you're yeah. on the oh, side of order. Because sure. some people on the side of order are not the good guys. <laughs> we talked about them last book. Yeah, Marathi, we're looking at you. Mm. Uh, I don't know if she's could n- be considered good or neutral, though, because of kind of how she goes through things. But it's just mm-hmm. the realm as you read through it. And the, the lore here is actually pretty short, all things it being is. equal. It is. I mean, a lot of it is... We've talked about it before. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about a lot of these before, you know? Right, right. Um, but I just, I really enjoy Alariel and what she does. I mean, yeah. she is the linchpin because she creates all of this. So you mm-hmm. kind of got to be into that to be into this army. Mm-hmm. Um, but man alive, does she have some cool stuff. Plus that model. God oh, bless yeah. America. I love that model. Yeah, I I... I was reading through this and then I you know read her background again and I, uh-huh. and then I read then I read the rules for it and I was just like oh man like just dude look at that picture on page yeah, 30 I, I know I, I I was like I should buy this model and paint this yeah the wings that look like branches and le- and, and leaves on it is yeah. just so cool and yeah. it's so it captures all the grace and glory of elves Mm-hmm. And mixes it so perfectly with that nature theme in this one model: the beetle, yeah. the wings. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fantastic, and and the thing is, the model really does capture it. Yeah. Pretty darn well. Oh, bless. Bless. Sorry, thank you. Um, I just I love it. I mm-hmm. think it's fantastic. Um, and we'll we'll get back to that. Obviously later, but so let's jump into um, the War of Life. Yeah. Um, you know, you come in and you've got, in, in the Age of Myth, you've got, you know, the Defenders of Nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, they, and they coexisted here. You know, they would make peace with the people who lived in cities and things around them and towns. You know, you know they, they tried to get along more mm-hmm. uh at this point and um it's it's that it's nurgle's influence i think that really turned them um once the once once alarial retreats once mm-hmm. nurgle is coming through i forget what the battle was called oh the battle of tears yeah she locks herself away, hides away, and just is like, I can't anymore. Right. But the, but the Sylvaneth are still fighting. Yeah. And mm. see, this is interesting. Sigmar did the same thing, but he locked away his whole realm. Mm-hmm. And his whole time was preparation to build something that could come back and fight. Yeah. She just kind of had it. Yeah. You know, she's like, done. And she locked away and left them to their devices. Like... Mm-hmm. And I I, th- I, th- I could have sworn I read somewhere, you know, I, that you know she. Um, there were still messengers, there were still people who were in touch with her. There were still battles going on, but mo- basically, all of her, you know, her her top people or top yeah. creatures took over for her because yeah, the Lady of Vines done. was the Lady of Vines was basically her general and running the show. Yeah, during the Realmgate Wars, 
mean, there's that whole series of books, right? The novels that came out kind of like right at the beginning of Age of Sigmar. And this was the main storyline, right? This stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, this was a huge yeah. part because once the Realmgate Wars start, and let's kind of jump to that because she, Nurgle's attacking, the mm-hmm. Age of Chaos ravages. And yeah. we already said this. Just, it. I mean, it turns it from the most beautiful, verdant, green, wonderful, although dangerous place. Yeah, I mean, they've got... What is it? The Genesis Gate? Is that what it's called? The big one? They can march armies through it. It's connected directly to the eight points. I mean, this is where these chaos armies are coming from. Yeah. They've got to do something about this. And and they just... they're, They're unable at this point to stand up to it. Right. And it's it's terribly sad. It's it's a it's 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 a I tragedy know. happening. I know. And you know, and then the Realm Gate Wars start yeah. and nobody has seen Alarial. And this is where Sigmar you know, because Sigmar you know I don't want to say he goes rushing in and tramples things, but he's not exactly subtle. You know? No, that's never been his yeah. strong point. <laughs> Subtlety and stealth, no. Diplomacy, so, not so much. I mean, he's yeah, getting he, he better unle- at it. He's trying yeah. now, but yeah, let's he face unleash- it. He basically unleashes the Stormcast at this point, and they just start bludgeoning their way through the mortal realms. Yeah, I mean, and, but they need to. I mean, yeah. th- th- at this point, this is what's necessary. But mm-hmm. they get to the realm of life, and he's like, you guys got to find Alarial. Yeah. And so they find Alarial. The problem is... Uh, they're not exactly, and, and, and if they didn't do it on purpose, right? But even when you're trying, I mean, they're seven, you know, they're six, seven foot tall, you know, blocks of armor, yeah, trudging through the forest. I mean, it's you know, they're not exactly hard to track. They're not exactly blending yeah. in with the environment, and they eventually get to the place where they find her, and it takes people like Gardas, who are basically kind of pure, yeah. To find her. The only problem is they're being trailed by the stupid Skaven. And I know people love the Skaven, but the Skaven mess up everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time Nagash is about to win, they mess him up. You know, you got this going on. We're about to get her back. They go in, and now she's yeah, livid. She's discovered. she's discovered. She's in the Ethel Weird, which is like a little sub-realm, I think, of Gyron. Yeah. Yeah. And... They get followed by, you know, Nurgle's armies. She's got a safe room, basically, in the middle of the realm. And it's, you know, still not, and she can still stay there. And she has withdrawn. And once this comes in and this gets wrecked, she has to leave. Yeah, she, she, this is when she dwindles into a glowing soul pod. (laughs) But she leaves first, doesn't she? Because she gets mad and screams and yells at all the Stormcast. Yeah. And and they're tr- they escape there, and during the escape, that's when she winds up. Something yeah. happens, and she gets soul pods. Yeah, why well, the lady of vines like scoops her up, puts the soul pod like inside of her body, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and well, they run, and they, and they make a run for it. You and, know? and this and this is one of the coolest stories in there. Yeah. This is when the story started to get really epic, and I wasn't yeah. prepared for the. We mm. trekked all the way across the realm, and they're in the snow-covered areas. I'm like, there's a snowy area in the forest areas? Like, <laughs> I, We're all thinking jungle all the time, jungle yeah. or forest. I'm not thinking of snow. 
But yeah. there they are running through the glaciers. They've got the tree lords protecting them. And yeah. it, it's it's this crazy running game of attrition where they're just – the guys in the back are holding off stuff as long as they can. And the Stormcast are like, oh, we did this. Now we got we to gotta make this right. Yeah. And that yep. was so, one of the- so, so. So even the Seraphon get involved, right? Yeah, that's right. So, so they're like fighting like this, you know, basically this rear guard action while the Stormcast and the rest of the Sylvanas like try to get to the to that spot of that epic battle. Yes, and they got so they got to play Delarial basically, they <laughs> so gotta- that she can reemerge. Yeah, you've got to be planted to come back, and they're good. And they and they're like, we have to take her to Blackstone Ridge. Yeah. Okay. One of the few places that there was a huge battle, yeah. seeped in the blood and sap of of their people, and yeah. the destruction of Nurgle there. And you know, they talk about how these battlegrounds, and you hear this in this. Uh, yeah, I, they said this stuff back in fantasy. You know, back in the world that was this w- the places of huge battles. Mm-hmm. retain some of that you know right. all the spirits mm-hmm. of the dead the blood in the ground so they go and they plant a lariel in this place of war and battle and success one of the rare yeah. successes for the sylvaneth i know and for any for anyone in the in the realm in the in the you know the order this was like a success right like at the beginning you know i was like oh my god these people just can't win ever Yes. I remember reading these books. I'm like, come on. Like <laughs> It was getting crazy. They just I'm like, it was yeah. it, it you know what it was like? Okay. You know the all the walking that happens in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. Picture if it was not just nine of them, but just a full army and running mm. from all the armies, but having to do that same track. It was just like that. Yeah. It was yeah. and you're really like, oh my God. It, basically they just kept sending out the next group. Okay. You're the next group that's gonna stay behind and slow them down. Mm-hmm. And they slow them down, and these guys keep running. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, they're catching up. We gotta, we gotta send another group, and they just keep whittling down their numbers, sacrificing groups to to the battles to get to this place. And they finally get her planted. Yeah. And then I love this uh, because of what's happening. You know, this is where she was planted, and for a season, her chrysalis drank in memories of might and glory, and across Gyran, the breeze blew hotter and the trees shivered with anticipation as the spirit song echoed with resurgent melodies of bloodshed and at last queen of the radiant wood burst forth in a blaze of vital glory reborn in her furious war aspect and that's what's cool Mm. Uh, the fact that she has different aspects that she can be born into that she could soul pod and keep being reborn in different aspects and this is her war aspect yeah because when she went in she was in this, uh, her, uh, they talk about it. Um, it a harvest aspect or something like that? But she's... Yeah, it's, it's like a, um, oh, shoot, I'll find it. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't this one. It's like her, her, like her dwindling aspect. You know what I mean? Like, That's right. Worn down uh, by her season of mourning. Yeah. She, she dwind- in, yeah. I mean, she's just like basically an elf with a robe on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some, just bummed out and then she comes out of the soul pod and suddenly she's you know she-ra mounted on a giant beetle you know like whoa yeah here she gets out and she pulls out a scrunchie and pulls her hair back and everybody around there's like you done messed up now she's putting on the scrunchie you have (laughs) had it yeah 
And she does, and she is so tough. She is yeah. amazing. She comes out ready for. I, I now I know her war aspect is perfect for the age of Sigmar, mm-hmm. because that's what the game is about, and that's what the thing is about. But I just I wonder about the other aspects, mm. and if we're ever going to see. Eventually, a new Alario model with a new that aspect. Would be you cool. could play, that would be cool. and yeah. I would think you could you you could play either of them, but not both of them on the table. You would need, you know, yeah, an Alario with a different set of rules. Ooh. That's not the war aspect Alario. If that would ever happen, story game wise, yeah, because that would be kind of cool. Because that let's be face really it, neat. you can play Archon, <laughs> but he went over the edge. Yeah. And who knows what the new Archon, if there's going to be a new Archon model, maybe he won't be riding that thing if he ever, if he comes back in the story. Yeah. You know, that's always yeah. an interesting thing because she's got these different aspects. It's one of the things that fascinates me about Alario. Yeah, that'd be, that's something to think about. I'm not sure what I would like to see. Hmm. I, I have no idea. I'm so content with this. If she never changes out of her war aspect and just keeps on fighting, that yeah. would be awesome. Especially now that she is... Uh, you know, it filled the realms with this huge spell of life. Mm-hmm. That's got to be even more and more invigorating for her to enhance that aspect she has. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I, like I said, she, her character fascinates me. Yeah. Because of this thing, when they're like, oh, th- she's now a different thing because her soul pod grew in this place at this time with this need. Um. She's kind of got a bit of a Doctor Who regeneration thing going on with her there. That mm-hmm. you know, the new Doctor is always some sort of a reflection of an of a reaction to the Doctor before him. Yeah, and his experiences. I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. Oh. Um, but yeah, and basically they had to run and stop what was happening, and they did. They did fix the Genesis Gate. They fixed it. They made it. Yeah, they purified they, it and they sealed laid, it. They laid siege to the. Seven layered fortress that was around it. <laughs> yes, I bet you that was fun. It's the casualties were quote horrific. Yeah, uh, you know, um, and it talks about like some of the Sylvaneth, you know, I guess groups or whatever that they call them that still haven't recovered from this battle. Okay, it says, uh, the, yeah, for decades following. The different glades could raise war groves only a fraction of their size because so many of them died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it took Oak them and brow fr- glade, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The biggest of all the glades was grading only was only be able to create so much a small grade because there's just so much of them had been wiped out. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's jump in and let's talk about uh, prior. To the assault on the Genesis Gate. The Royal Moot. Yeah. Alario calls the Royal Moot. Rulers of every Sylvaneth Glade attended or at least sent representative. Even Draika Hamadrath, Queen of the Outcasts, came. Yeah. The Celestine Prime showed up. Like, right. this was huge. And she's basically like, uh, guess what? Um, the way things used to be here is done. I love her. Mm-hmm. Steps in and just gets it done. Um, she's going to restore nature. Uh, she even tells off the prime. Listen, I know you guys are growing your cities, but you can't just be just you know 
You can't be leveling the forests to do it. You can't be right. burning stuff. You can't be making all this trash. You can't be polluting my stuff. I won't have it. Yeah, so they come up with a, the scheme, right? The seeds yeah. of hope. So they plant basically, well, they don't plant. They plant one city, but the other ones are kind of built. Yeah. So the big one's the, the living city, right? Yes. Or they basically basically grows a giant city. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I really like this bit where they talk about the where they put them together. You know, mm-hmm. she wants to make her. You know, she did have a pact with Sigmar, and she tried to make good on it. You know, mm-hmm. and where Azir's there, the Sylvaneth would help them, and they'd get these sites of power, and the free cities would rise. And we've already talked about how the free cities go. They find these sites and they build it. Um, and Gairan really helped them with that. And like you said, you've got the Living City. Uh, what are the other two? Greywater Fastness. Yes. Oh, and the Phoenicium. That's the right. The Phoenicium, and then there's Hammer Hall, of course. Yeah. And the Everqueen's... Ma- I mean, I, I, it is said that the Everqueen's magic saw the stronghold, and we're talking about the Living City, grow in a single night creating mm-hmm. a wonder where the natural world melded seamlessly with mortal sa- uh, mortal artifice. The living city is a place revered by many forest spirits, a remnant of better times when mortal kind coexisted with the natural world. Uh, that reminds me of stuff like from Lord of the Rings. It really yeah. uh, aggressively, like when you look at either Elrond's, you know, mm-hmm. realm, when you've got the, the 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 trees just and the, you know they magically sort of sing the trees into growth into yeah. the shapes they need them so we don't have to cut them we don't have to hurt them they just grow into the shapes required of them yeah uh, it's it's and when you see pictures of it with the drawings of it, it's it's beautiful well Gladriel right she was the yeah the, the maiden of the forest or whatever they call her right mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the 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 last and the, in the one of the few uncorrupted of um, oh yeah, the original of Feanor's uh, family, you know, yeah, and the, the, yeah. those who went after the the, the Silmarils, ring. yeah, yeah, the Silmarils. Um, I love when they talk. I mean, there's so much cool here. Um, in fact, they talk about uh, Nagash. Hmm. And how when he inverts the realm of death and all that stuff, uh, the necroquake, and you get the feeling reading it is that Alariel is not very impressed with Nagash. She just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. She's just like this freaking guy, just thinks he can do whatever he wants. Well, we'll we'll see about that and. Yeah, I mean, she's the one who pushes the battle over the edge and helps Teclas, right? Right. Well, mm. and also, look, she's got a grudge because they've got the realm roots, which is sort yeah. of feels like the webway. Yeah. You know, basically, they can sort of step through space and time uh-huh. through these things. And the Necroquake messes that up because yeah. the realm roots, what's interesting about the realm roots, and if you don't know what that is, um, the the realm roots... The mycelial network. Yeah. The amethyst realm, the <laughs> magic is pool and seeps underground. Yeah. So it's realm, it's inter realm. Yeah. And um Did you watch Discovery, Star Trek Discovery? I did not. Okay. So they got this whole thing. How the 
the ship works and, uh-huh. it, and, it, and it travels through the galaxy in this thing called the mycelial network which is basically it basically goes through space on like these paths generated by these giant mushroom spore things which is kind of like how this works what okay now okay now I'm gonna <laughs> sure hey man Take hey. these mushrooms. You'll travel through space, man. You got, you got no, it. Don't take those, man. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> it's called the mycelial network. <laughs> hey, man, am I driving okay? I think we're parked, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> um, but the necroquake messes that up. Yeah. And, dude, she's upset. Like, mm. when she steps in and does this, yeah, I mean, his... And he's just such the antithesis of her. Yeah. You know? And Nagash has a grudge against her because he thinks that, oh, these creatures are dying, but they're not really dying. They're going into their soul pods and they're getting reborn. Those souls should be mine. Of course he did. <laughs> oh, my God. He is... <laughs> He is such a broken record. Oh, You're God. the worst. God, yeah. he's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything is mine. Yeah. And was... You know what? And I can't help it because he just gets on my nerves. And I, I love Nagash. I love the realm of death. But he's the worst. And at this point, I just picture him sounding like Skeletor. Oh, yeah. I can just see him sitting in his throne talking about soul pods. Manfred, his... yeah. <laughs> we're going to get this gate. Yeah. Those soul pods belong to me properly. Yeah. It's so funny that you said she's She-Ra now. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah. She-Ra, I mean Alariel, she owes yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> uh, he's the worst. Where's Frank Langella when you need him? Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie was on cable the other day, and I just what left a, it on. What a, what a performance. Oh my! I left that on just because I'm like, I remember this being horrible. I just want to see. Oh, I was not wrong. Frank Langella is the bomb in that skeleton. He was though. the only good thing in that movie, though. <laughs> so so great. Ugh, that was the worst. <laughs> the worst. Oh man! That movie. The only way. The only move. The only way that movie could have gotten worse is if Nagash mm. was actually in it. <laughs> Uh, I think th- they should never have brought that franchise to Earth. Give me a break. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Really? Uh, okay, where's I'm? I'm. I am going to step in and stop this right now because I could go for an <laughs> hour about how much I hate that movie. I sat and watched Courtney Cox and her weird boyfriend yeah. and Billy Barty as the weird little short keymaster guy who basically made a portable synthesizer that opens up warp gates. What was the name of the stupid little character they had in there? That's like not even in the cartoon. I, the, the little guy, the keymaster. I don't remember his name because the movie was awful. It was just Billy Barty. <laughs> I remember that's the guy who played him. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Masters of the Universe. That's you, what we're okay. talking about. I'm going to throw if right you out don't there. Know. If, if you don't know. If you've never seen Masters of the Universe and you like to watch stuff that is objectively bad. It's just the live action version of it with Dolph Lundgren. Dolph as Lundgren He-Man. is He-Man. And ev- right. nobody look. Evil Lynn looks like Evil Lynn. Skeletor looks like Skeletor. He-Man looks like He-Man. 
that's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. the sorceress, she's just barely even in the movie. She looks like everybody else looks dumb. The whole movie takes place on Earth. Yeah, it's just the whole, ridiculous. Like, seriously, ridiculous. The opening scene, ending scene is in Eternia. Everything else is on Earth. That, oh, so dumb, so dumb. But, it, yeah, that's Frank, one, though, you Frank, can hate watch really easily. Frank Langella has the performance of his life. The, yes, and, Frank Langella, and, the 70s Dracula. Also, yeah. the weird guy who ran the the ran the science lab in Twins. Yeah. Or no, not Twins. Uh, not Twins. What's the one where uh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is having a baby? Oh. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that movie. Frank Langella is like the guy in the lab who's trying to trying to take all the credit plays, for what they're he doing. He plays Skeletor. He's Skeletor, and and he is amazing. Yeah. Well, you know what? He comes in just go. He's like, I'm going to be. I, I'm Skeletor. I'm going in full on over the top ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And was the only redeeming quality of that film. All right, back to the book. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So then it talks about the 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 Necroquake, and we've talked about this a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Okay, all the you know the uh, the 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 super spells, the living spells, they kind of running through, and uh, you know when you got a burning head running through the forest, you're gonna have issues. Yeah, it's gonna cause some mayhem. Yeah, I mean it, that the Soul Wars really messed up things, but Alariel was back at that time and was able to basically keep things in line. Mm-hmm. And then. We start to get here, uh, the Awakening Realms. I'm going to tell you, I've gone back and reread and re-gone over the Teclas book where Teclas and Nagash have it out. I love it. It's fantastic. It is really good. And it's so good. Harrison even brought it up, and Harrison, like, he only listens and follows the lore based on if we see something on Lore Masters on Warhammer Plus, mm-hmm. he loves to watch Lore Masters. Yeah. Uh, he hears me when he's home talking about this stuff, but he loves the Realm Lords, and so I'm like, dude, you got to at least read this part. And he's like, we were, ta- we were driving home from Gen Con, we were talking about stuff, and he's like, oh, he goes, oh, come on. He goes... <laughs> That whole battle where Nagash got cow hammered to death. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, that was so great. He's like, that had to be humiliating for him. Oh. That I, these giant, I mean, because as he put it, the cow hammerers. Yeah. He's like, the and cow- I think I think the best part is, is when the, the cities of Sigmar trot out the, the you know, the, the light of, wet the, the yeah. light wagon and just shoot him with a laser beam. A dozen of them just <laughs> yeah. blasting him, and it's like all Blast you little that. insects just yeah. slowly whooping him. Yeah, um, that's got to just annoy him. To, yeah. Oh my gosh. Now remember, though, also they were trying to. Uh, Nagash had other plans going on at this time, and this is the things that you sort of forget. This is, that really infuriated her on top of everything else. Remember, this is when he sends out Manfred. Manfred, yeah. And the other guys, and they're trying to collapse and corrupt realm gates yeah. because the Shyish Nadir is still happening. Right. The center of magic has been moved to the center of Shyish. Yep. And when that happens, uh, and it inverts it, and remember, we've talked about this, all the realms getting sucked into there. What he was trying to do and this is important, is create these, d- destroy these realm gates and connect them to the Shyish Nadir. So yeah. 
if if Manfred succeeds, he begins sucking the realm of life in that area, yeah. sucking it through into the realm of death and claiming all of its power. Right. Now, I remember reading, I can't remember which book it was. I think it was must have been the Techless book, where he sends off Manfred to do this. Manfred clearly has no intention of completing this task. He's, oh no, he <laughs> he has every intention of completing no, it. I don't think Manfred has any No. He he knows he's okay. not going to do this. Oh, he knew it was an impossible. He went, okay. Yeah. He's like, he did "Okay, sure. Yeah, okay, sure. I'll go there." Uh-huh. I think he yeah, he had every intention of trying to do this. Had he yeah. th- if he could have succeeded, he would have. He was not stupid. Manfred knew this was a fool's errand. Exactly. He, so basically, yes, I'm doing it. However, uh-huh. I have a foolproof escape plan. <laughs> exactly. When this goes south, I'm right. out. And it's exactly what he did. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, he ran faster than any Marvel or DC villain, like from the <laughs> comics. Yeah, you know? as, soon, as soon as that battle started going bad, he's like, I'm out. As soon as as soon as the tide started to turn, this is where He Man, aha, you fools, I'm out. And then boom, <laughs> yeah. just bails. Yeah. Which and, is why I love Manfred's rule in the game, where if he takes damage, he just like teleports away. Yeah, yeah. Cause he's cause he <laughs> that's what he does. And yeah. then best part, he gets back home, yeah. realizes that Neferata is not guarding her stuff because oh, she's yeah. out. And yeah. since she's gone, he decides not only did I fail my mission, not only did I ditch this thing, but I got an opportunity to go steal from her since she's not home. And he goes in snakes and takes over part and yeah. messes up her realm. Uh-huh. It's glorious. Manfred is is terrible. He's such a tool. You know what? Nagash deserves him as a For servant. Sure. 100% deserves yeah. this traitorous backstabbing fool <laughs> of a of a of a of a of a follower. Yeah. I would I would if I I would love to get the Manfred model and and paint that. That guy's such a <laughs> Yeah, no, it's he's yeah. <laughs> um now what happens is what once once uh, Nagash gets cow hammered. <laughs> that's all I'm calling it from now on. Yeah. He gets cow hammered. Um, yeah. Once that happens, Alerial calls all of yeah. every all the Sylvaneth who are there and and available. This is my favorite bit with with the freaking Oak of Ages past. Summons them to the Oak of Ages past. Oh yeah, dude! I got goosebumps when I read that. I was like, "What?" Yes, her former See, seat of power now defiled by Nurgle's uh, armies. It's the wrecked and ruined remains of this place, and she. Does the rite of life? It's a spell yeah. of rejuvenation that echoes throughout the spirit song. Uh, and this it is it's the Oak of Ages, man. It's, and it's back. It's back. It rises out of the of the ruined, Nurgle-fied area here, and yeah. just starts to cleanse from yeah. this starting point. She gets the oak. Yeah. yeah, she revitalizes the oak, and from there, the Oak of Ages blasted off of the world that was in yes. the outer space traversed through whatever landed part of it landed and survived got corrupted by Nurgle and now it's back and she brought it back and you know Amazing. what um, one of the things I like with this is the guys, the guys who are writing these stories they know how much to go with it 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they bring in stuff from the world that was. And mm. I know people often complained in the beginning they brought too many characters through, too much this through, too much that through. Yeah. I feel like they do just the right amount. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know. Like, you can play this without knowing what the Oak of, you know, the Oak of Ages passes. It describes here as, as you know, what, you know, uh, what does it call it? What? Well, I'm just reading. Oh, her former seat of power. Now, that's all they call it here. You know yeah. it's a former seat of power. But mm-hmm. anybody who played the old game, this is like, it's a bit of fan service, but yeah. it's not too much. It's not hitting you over the head. It's not solo levels of fan service. If you ever, <laughs> if you saw the movie Solo. Sure. Where they had to bring everything, every little aspect of everything he ever showed in the first trilogy and then explain it. Yeah. Here they go. It's just like, oh, they drop it in. And so like you, like you, like, you know, you said this, you just you were like, oh, my God, it's the yeah. ultimate. You know, you're it. all excited. I love it. You could geek out a little bit. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, her spell kind of goes overboard. Mm. Uh, I don't know if this is on purpose. I don't know if she planned. I mean, there, I, I cannot believe for a moment she planned to reawaken Gur. Like, I, I think that if you yeah. asked her in, you know, deep in her heart, if she's maybe just talking to Techless, uh, would admit, oops, mm-hmm. because that just makes things really dangerous. You know, right. we don't need to make things worse. And that kind of made the realm worse. It also let <laughs> Craig go free. <laughs> yeah. You know, whoops. Yeah, yeah. oops. But it does revitalize yeah. these these places of power. It does revitalize the life. It does revitalize all those ley lines that that the that the cities of Sigmar are built on. All have power. It, she's juiced the forces of order here, mm-hmm. uh, but she's juiced everything else also a little bit in the process. Yeah. Well, she made she has made it possible for like the next expansion of you know the. The forces of Sigmar to go out into the realms. Now they've got, yeah. they've got that, what are that floating island with the water coming out of it? Yep. What the heck they call that thing? They got one of those now. That wouldn't have been possible without her. This spell, you know. But the spell. I mean, the thing is now, anybody who is a bit sensitive to nature can now hear the spirit song. Mm. That's how strong it is. Yeah. Sensitive mages are hearing it. The beast men have lost it. Yeah, that battle. With the Beastmen. The invigorating life. I mean, the Beastmen are still, I mean, they're agents of chaos, but they are in tuned with the land around them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they want to bring, they kind of want to destroy all of civilization and bring back the the rampant nature back in a different way. Yeah, they're primordial, right? They want to bring it back to the very base level. Where they're, where, where they're, they're kind of in charge. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, 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 what do you call it? Survival of the fittest type exactly. of thing. Yeah. They got that um, cool character that they created during this battle, that Beastman Shaman. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like oh, involved yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. And now he's starting to hear the voices of uh, Morgar. Right? Yeah. Of Morgar. Oh, yeah. They're going somewhere with that. I think that's super cool. Yeah, I I am I am all about that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um Now, it will say here though, the you know, Kragnos coming back. Bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um yeah, the Cruel back. Boys. Mm. The Cruel Boys uh, are making their presence known because now that Kragnos has come back, it's time for them to get out of the swamps and start causing problems. <laughs> and they are causing 
problems. Yeah, they were waiting for a sign, right? That was part of the deal with it. They're like, oh, there he is. That's the sign. Let's go. They are turning all sorts of areas into swamp areas. They are corrupting, Mm. not in the same way Nurgle is corrupting, but they are still a corrupting force. Um, I actually love the Cruel Boys. The Cruel Boys, Mm. I think, are a really interesting uh, thing. I like when you read about them from Alariel's point of view. It makes for some really interesting reading. I mean, I like orcs in general, um, but the Cruel Boys have that such a primitive nature to them where it's not just a violent nature, a love of battle. It's it's uglier. It's more chaotic. Uh Uh-huh. Along with, though, this push of growth it also has made things much more dangerous mm. um so this last paragraph on 13 is sort of brings up like their spirit song already resounded to tales of magical entities forming around nexuses of power while some of these so-called incarnates were peaceful many were savage or else bore the taint of chaos so you know like the you know the incarnates of you know the gur incarnates you know those the Kron Spine Incarnate that came out. Yep. And this is the direct result of this. Yeah, the era of the beast. And and she and Alariel's like, yeah, but I had to. Mm-hmm. And now it's their job, the incarnates that are coming through to to it says here, bring these entities to the site of righteousness, or if impossible, end their threat by any means necessary. Yeah. So there's obviously there's different kinds of incarnates. So it's you know, as a modeler, somebody who could scratch build something. You could build your own incarnate. It doesn't have to be. I think it's interesting, though, when you actually read about the incarnates and basically that incarnate, what it is, it's going to sort of form up something like that in no matter the realm because it, mm-hmm. of just its nature. And it, I love when you read about it. They don't all have to have the same form, but this is what they're called. Right. Which is kind of cool. It's going to have yeah. a, a basic sort of form, but depending on the realm, and like you said, that uh, the opportunities for kit bashing and, and modeling and sculpting your own thing is is just fantastic. Yeah, plus those things are freaking crazy in the game. And Yep. Uh, everybody's got one. Uh, that and a purple sun will do you good, won't it? Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about Guy Ran a little bit. Uh, it is majestic. The ley lines are most widespread of any realm. It is attuned to renewal and healing. It's easy to grow crops there. The trick is to manage it without it becoming overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah, because remember how they deal with that in Hammer Hall, right? It's the Twin City. There's Hammer Hall. Actually, there's Hammer Hall. Gyran, yeah. Hammer Hall, Gyran. And they actually bring in the lava. Yeah, they have a, a lava moat around the city. Yeah. So they bring in lava from Akshi to burn away the vegetation that's going to like overwhelm their city. I think that's, I mean, it's literally a lava moat around the city. Yeah. The vegetation can only get up to there because it is flowing through, coming in from one end of the portal around the city and back in there to the other side. Yeah. And that's And they've got, they've got guys, they've got guys with flamethrowers basically walking around, shooting, you know, getting vines off of walls and yeah. And that's and it's it's there's a, there's another job for you. That's a hard balance. 
And it's a hard balance because yeah. when this is happening, you know, Nurgle's still here. She's still fighting off Nurgle. Mm-hmm. She's still in tune to all of this. But the Sylvaneth, you know, if if you if you attack the forest, you know, the forest is going to grow. And if you, you, you know, you can hold it off, but if you start to become too aggressive, attacking it back too much, or if your city, yeah. you know, if you happen to be building steam tanks and all sorts of weaponry in your city. Which is the gray water fastness. Yeah. Uh, and you're chugging out pollution. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, chugging out pollution and corrupting a river with your oil and filth and ash how is that any different than what Nurgle's doing? It's not really. It's not, except that your stu- except your your ash and pollutants aren't going to breed rot flies. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not as bad as Nurgle, <laughs> but, but it's still upsetting. Yes. I mean, they've literally Greywater yeah, fastness. It, there's a a path, a safe path in and out of there. You step yeah. off the path, those Sylvaneth are waiting to kill you. Right, Elariel had to broker a peace with them, and so they they wouldn't. Yeah. Just destroy it, and it's and it's and it's actually it's it's a pretty, uh, it's not exactly a peaceful peace. Mm. You know, we're giving you this one path in and out of the city. We own the forest around here. You have corrupted it too much. We no longer want you in it. I mean, they're basically sort of okay. You are in this area, and that's where you will stay. They've got yeah. them sort of locked up, and have basically said, "Come outside of it with what you're doing, and we have to kill you." Yeah, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, they, they can. I think they fly in and out of there, right? Like well, the, Dwar- got, the Jordan. Yeah. They got all their gyrocopter. Yeah, they they do a lot of stuff with those. I bet. Yeah, I bet you the. Uh, I bet you the overlords get a lot of cash for flying stuff in and out. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Sylvaneth still use the realm roots, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- once again, Nurgle and the Cruel Boys are trying to ruin these pathways. Right, Destroy the realm poison, roots. Poison them. Yeah. Um, the right of life is helping it, but it's still dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's still crazy. Um, what else do we have in here? The Everspring Swathe. Uh, you got the map here and where things are going and where it is. This is yeah. always really interesting. Yeah, I like this one. I like these. I love they don't give you all of the all of the seasons. They never give you all the seasons. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't just have spring, summer, autumn, and winter. They've got the burgeoning, the secret remorse. That's my favorite. I want to know what's... The secret remorse. The secret remorse. I want to know what that... Se- is that just like Halloween Town? <laughs> you know? Like, is that what the season's like? <laughs> oh, the secret God. remorse. Don't, don't bring up that stupid movie. You don't like The Nightmare Before Christmas? No, I like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I'm not, a big, that, I'm not a big fan of Halloween Town. Oh, I wasn't thinking of that movie. That's the name of the town that they live in. in it is. In, yeah, so I like The Nightmare Before Christmas. I was just thinking like that. Um, the Great Lack and dozens yeah. more. The Great Lack. What is that, period? <laughs> that must be like, hold on, worst part, dead of winter when everything's frozen and solid. That's yeah. my guess. But this is a, it, it's pretty cool if you like to look over the map and stuff like that. Um it's because of the growth and the way things are going. It's an interesting bit of reading. Um, let's see. What else do we want to cover? Let's, you know what? Let's do this. Let's take uh, one more break. 
and yeah. we'll come back and we'll kind of quickly go through the historical timeline and then do a quick discussion on the different groves because the different groves, it'll be nice to talk about Ooh. them a little bit um, because you're going to be one of those groves when you pick your... Yeah. Um, just one more point to the map. Oh, sure, I, sure. My favorite little spot on it is the bottom right corner. They got a little picture of my guy there. Though corruption bedevils the sacred groves, the hunter god's paradise still endures. Yep, look at that. <laughs> There's my boy. There he is. His realm endures. Oh, he's not there because he's dead. And he, ain't he might be back. there. He's, he's right there. Nope, nope, he's dead. That's not him. That's one of the tree guys just looking like him. <laughs> so dead. One of the only characters that's ever going to not come back that's in the other realm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being a complete tool for no good reason. I apologize. I can't help myself. Sometimes you just got to be a jerk. Um, all right. So cool. So let's do that. Let's take our break. Yeah. And then let's come back and then we'll we'll hit the, the timeline and then talk a few realms and then uh, get this one wrapped up. Cool. There's always something happening at... Crognards. That's right, friends. Crognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. The premier stop for your gaming needs in Northeast Illinois. If you're in the Chicagoland area, if you're in Southeast Wisconsin, if you're anywhere in the area, Crognards is the place for you. They've got board games. They've got card games. They've got all the models you could ever want for any of your miniature war games. They have so many lines of paints, I can't even keep track of it. They've expanded the store. They have a whole huge gaming area now. There is gaming every night. There is always something going on. I just can't tell you enough about Grognards. Why? Because they're awesome. Because they're fantastic. And because they are the best friendly local gaming store that I know of. So do yourself a favor. Come on down to Grognards in Roselle, Illinois. If you can't get down to Grognards, give them a call. They do mail order. They do shipping. You can get your stuff from them whether you live five minutes away or five hours away because Grognards delivers. They deliver the goods. They deliver the fun. They deliver everything. And that's because there is always something happening at Grognards. And we're back. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hey. Uh, so let's like see. Kern, like Colonel Arthur to Ryan, we're back. No rebirth. <laughs> Realm of life, not for them. Oh, my God. Not everything can come back. And if it's your favorite, that's what it is. Right. They're dead. The Nagash owns them. Nagash is torturing them right now. <laughs> you silly rebirthing people. Uh. You have no right to the cycle of life. I'll get you, Orion. I'll <laughs> keep your soul here forever. <laughs> Peace, man. <laughs> yeah, Skeletor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Merman. Get out of here, Merman. You're the worst. <laughs> oh, God. Nobody who's, likes you in your silly voice. Who's the guy with the the de- detachable hands? Man-E hands. Yes. Is that who it was? Oh, no, that was Man-E-Faces, the guy who Man had e the... Man-E-Faces. Yeah. 
There's a guy who has like hooks and for hands and I don't remember. I was okay, I I, I that was not my thing. <laughs> my brother in law collected I collected G.I. Joe's because I liked the action figures and all the cool guns. The yeah. He Man guys were I was a little too old, they were a little too chonky for, mm. for, for me to play with. I don't remember. They were just everyone they were so silly. Uh all right. <laughs> Why are we talking so much He-Man? I um, don't know. All right. Uh, cycles of War. That's what they call the timeline. Age of Myth. Lots of cool stuff in here. Um, whoops. Almost dropped my microphone. Um, interestingly enough, um, I think one of the interesting parts in here is... Trap job. <laughs> <laughs> no, not trap job. <laughs> He's the guy with the different hands. Uh Sorry. Um, Bayamot, <laughs> father of Gargants, the sons of Bay- uh Sigmar knocks him out. Yeah. And Alariel gets to decide what happens with him for some reason. He leaves it to her. It's in her realm. It's, yeah, because it's in her realm. Which is an interesting move for Sigmar, because Sigmar usually just does his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not his thing to do, but he does it. But here, you know, hey, he's growing, he's learning. I'll say he's growing and learning ever since he learned not to throw away his hammer and he got his power back. I would say he learned, but then he took the gift of Teclas and turned it into a brainwashing machine and made <laughs> everybody. True. So maybe he not learned so good. Um, But she basically spared him. Right? Yeah. He stays asleep and the land grew over him. Mm hmm. And to this day, some traditionalist gargants still deeply respect the woman of the woods and attempt to avoid felling her sacred trees where possible. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. What else? Anything in here that you really like from the from the, oh. the age of myth, or are we just jumping into the age of chaos? I mean, we pretty much talked about all this stuff. The Shrouded Season, I do have that marked. I want to talk about this because I think it's both important and cool. Okay. Um, this is the part where the shrouded season is where Nurgle starts taking over during the realm, the the age of chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elven kinbads flee through hidden realm gates rather than face the plagues, an act that earns them the enmity of the Sylvaneth. Alariel calls a royal moot, swearing to turn the tide no matter the price. What follows is now veiled from the Sylvaneth's memory by enchantments only a goddess could craft. Yet it is at this time that the first outcasts emerge, and Alariel appears haunted by a profound grief. What truly transpired in the Shrouded Season, the Ever Queen alone knows. Hmm. What? Yeah. Come on. That is the biggest tease. F you. Let me that read, is, oh my God, look at I, this. Like I read that, I'm like, oh no. So, like, so oh. I did read this. Okay. More of Gyron is lost to Nurgle's corruption. Many... Elven kinbands flee through hidden realm gates rather than face the plagues and act to earn them. So they bail. They just dip. Yes. Right? The elves, the actual elves, they just... And she's going to stop this. Whatever happened, she has now blocked it. She has crafted a... She blocked this out. Yeah. Nobody remembers what happened here, but this is when the outcasts start coming in. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. So she blanks everybody's memories and sent them out on some sort of mission where they come back all twisted and crazy. Hmm. This is awesome. 
This yeah. is I I cannot believe you dropped they dropped something like this and then just and this is just sitting. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm not hearing more about this. This is like this yeah, is this, remember this book doesn't have any elves in it. No. It's going to there are ones that look like elves cuz they birthed from when she planted them and from her memory of what they used to look like. Yeah. But uh oh this is just I, I want to know what happened. There's yeah. stories and stuff to be coming here. This is one of those things that I think, and you know, as they release these sets and move the story along, mm-hmm. much like when the Necroquake smashed all of Sigmar's brainwashing toys, yeah. this is gonna something's gonna come out from this. I think this is cool. It is cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, the Battle of Tears. You know, we talked about a lot of the Age of Chaos yeah, stuff. Yep. Um, it is I mean, a good read, though. There's yeah, a lot of cool to, stuff. It'd be neat to do like you could do like a whole army based on that, right? You could do like a Hallowed Knights slash Sylvaneth army. Uh-huh. Super super cool. Um, there is a cool bit, uh the Pact of Bark and Steel during the Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. King Dorzo Bronzemane shows oh, yeah. up trying to clear out the mountains. You've got a bunch of grots who are basically eating all sorts of weird mushrooms and doing crazy stuff. And that's when the Ironbark Sylvaneth show up and they get together mm-hmm. and they basically kill off most of the grots and right. get most of the stuff. Not enough that they stop them. Some get away with... Yeah, with the shrooms. Yeah. With and the they knowledge don't... to grow them. Yeah. yeah but it's so here. How long are they going to freaking tease the traditional Dwarden at us? I don't Honestly. know. I mean, come on. I really would like to see a traditional Dwarden <laughs> army that's not just a part of the cities of Sigmar. I would yeah. love to see them go back to their... Yeah. I mean, they have the magma holds for the fire slayers, but it's right. not the same. I want a traditional Dwarf If they can hold. do a whole faction of fire slayers based on Two box sets. <laughs> right? They can do an actual Dwarden army. Yes, but let's not forget how often we've complained about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they could do it, but just because you, I mean. Bloody hell. I mean, let's look at the Sons of Bayamut. Just because you can mm. doesn't mean you should. Mm. You know, that's just me, though. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I complain about everything. Like I'm, you know, I'm not as bad as these people on the internet. But you know, we sit there and we're like, "Ugh, look at these, look at these fire slayers. They got twelve units total. They got five kits. This army's done." Then we turn, "Ugh, look at the stormcast. They got eight hundred thousand models." <laughs> learn some media. Learn yeah. some moderation, you fools. Like it's so funny. You know, you know what's a good, a good, uh, me, like middle ground in that is the Sylvanes book. Yeah, there you go. Uh, honestly, look at those realm lords. They got twelve units. It's all broken. Ah, look at the look at the look at the look at the realm lords. Now they got twenty units. It's still broken. Sylvaneths have they have a lot of units. This, they this do have. Cool. A, uh, book, I mean, not a book, ton. This book's cool, man. But they, they what got, they have is cool. Everything in here has got a sort of a point, a purpose. You know. Yeah. With the possible exception of the underworld cruise, I, who said that? <laughs> I think my. Uh, Unfortunately for me, game-wise, I think my favorite stuff in here are the Tree Revenants and the Spite Revenants. I think those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not super good in the game, but 
Well, I mean, depending on what you're trying to do. I, I just really like how they look. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. If you want to, if, you, if you're at home following along, I think uh, Trespass Not on page 21 yeah, I think that whole story is important for multiple reasons. I don't want to read the whole thing because mm-hmm. you kind of need to read the whole thing, but it shows some of these weird connections once again between the Stormcast and the Sylvanet. This this <sighs> yeah. give and take between the humans and the woodland uh, creatures is really mm-hmm. very interesting stuff. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's jump into uh, the Deepwood hosts. Okay. Um. Yeah. The you know they it's it's the different factions. Mm-hmm. You've got different factions because that's that's a thing now with this. Almost every book is coming with their own factions. It's rare right. to not be part of a faction. Yeah, and I think it's cool because it lets you customize your army a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's fun to be from a part and not be as generic. And you know right. you pick one, you get a little rule. It's you know some are great, some are not. Whatever. And then I like the fact that they're not making you take the command trait and the artifact just because you're taking Oakenbrow, you're not locked into these two things it's like going down to a single here's a here's a bit of, here's a fluff bit of rule just to give a flavor hmm. um is is great yeah. because before seriously yeah when you had to take these God. things it was a pain yeah because i don't I don't want to take up slots doing this. This thing yeah, is not like, sweet, why, but I want why, to do this. He's like, why are you limiting me? Like, yeah. Why are you limiting me, GW? Yeah, I want be free. I want my freedom. My freedom. <laughs> um, the whole part in the Deepwood Holes, the part about the spirit song, all this info is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, when the Sylvaneth fight, the spirit song echoes alongside them. Though this me- melody is one of peace and restoration, it can also echo with a promise of bloodshed, boiling the sap of nearby Sylvaneth with anger. Ooh. I wonder if the sap boils if it smells like maple syrup. I would think. Oh, man, would you, that, wouldn't that be awesome? If they mm. bled and it, every, everywhere they died smelled like maple syrup? Like there's all this death and destruction, but instead of smelling rancid, it's just, it smells, it's just like, it smells like pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be that would, fantastic. That would be legit. <laughs> Um, th- read once again. This is another thing great to read because like p- mortals can yeah. hear it, yeah, and it might linger. And the cool thing is, it becomes like an earworm. It gets stuck yeah. in them. Well, they literally play it for you mm-hmm. when you're with them or fighting against them. They'll they'll play you the spirit song. There's a guy with a flute right there. Yeah, but it sticks with them for mm-hmm. months. Yeah. Afterwards, sort of get stuck in there. Mm-hmm. I like the elves see it as is something very sad because it talks of, um, you know this, uh, you know all the all the destruction and all the things that have gone. Yeah, through. like like when they freaking ran away in the time of sorrow, shrouded yeah. season. Yeah. Um, you know, I also like <laughs> that when uh, when chaos hears it, because yeah. it is a, a thing of purity and renewal, they hate it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cool little bit of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, since the rite of life, seasonal patterns have been thrown into overdrive. Many Sylvaneth believe this overcompensation to be an effort by the lands to heal the discord chaos has forced into the natural cycles. So much interesting stuff in here. I just, I, I really love reading this book because the realm is, 
like you, you know, th- I thought it was interesting that you asked, well, "How do you picture the realm?" Mm-hmm. In the beginning, because we don't often, I don't remember us ever asking that question. Yeah. But it's got so many different, it has dozens of seasons. Right. And granted, it's probably, you know, taking what we have and cutting it up into smaller slices, but mm-hmm. it's also going to be exaggerated. Yeah. And it's just, it's an, in- it's such an interesting place because it feels familiar while yeah. being absolutely foreign. Yeah, and that's what the mortal realms are, right? They're like our natural settings to turn to 11, you know? Yeah, but this place, I think, more than others. Like the realm of Mm. fire, you got all the deserts. But like you start talking about like the realm of metal, and that's like, that's really not like anything we've got, you know? Yeah, it's hard to imagine it, right? Yeah, you talk about some of these realms, and they're just foreign, foreign, their their whole idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get into this, though, and it's just, it feels familiar. Yeah, but it's so it's the, the 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 twists and the turns they put in it are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do we want to just talk a little bit about some of these? How many did they give us? Seven. There's a bunch. There's seven. Yeah, uh, we're not going to go into super depth because they each have their own little rules, and we'll talk about the rules next time. Um, yeah, the hey, basically ru- the the first one, Oakenbrow. That's like your. It's the biggest one. They're the it's first. The biggest blade. one. It's the basic one. It's like this is your epitome of what you'd think of a Sylvaneth grove would yeah, be. They're, it's these they're, guys. Their their soul pods were the first ones planted. Mm-hmm. They were the first ones to start singing spirit song. They have the most numbers. Um, when the royal moot is called, there's more oaken brow than anybody else there. Yeah, you know. Um, it says they carry themselves with a solemn dignity that even Lumineth nobles have been known to nod in approval. Like, <laughs> like wow. Yeah. They were the first. As tight as yeah. we are. <laughs> they were the first ones to fight with, storm, with the storm, fight alongside the storm. Oh, sorry, Oof, pardon me. Um, they were the first to fight alongside the storm cast. Their tree lord ancients don't sleep as much as others. Mm-hmm. The tree revenants and the archers are most here. I mean, they have the most of everything. They are the big. Right. They're the big one. Yeah. Um, Gnarl root yeah. is a cool one. Get off my lawn. Yep. Age and tradition. <laughs> uh, they basically. This is like. This is the. If, if you have twins, this is the second born one. Yeah, their king is called the Grum King. Yes. And that guy, they that, were, guy just, that guy just sounds. Yeah, he doesn't sound happy. No, it's the Grum King, like, <laughs> a uh, weathered soul who heeds only the elder councilmen, known as the Gnarl Lords. Yeah, and th- you know they're they're a little bitter. They they hmm. would be you know a quirk of fate saw them sprout second. Yeah, you know uh, they have served as Illyrio's lore masters and secret keepers. They're like the wizards too. They're like the, you know, the life mages. Yeah, exactly. And only the Oakenbrow have more people in this in the cities of Sigmar than the Gnarl Root does. Yeah. Um, when when oh, when Alariel sang the living city into existence, as we said that they, I love that they sing it into existence. That's such a Tolkien sort of thing. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I have a um, question, though. Yeah. So, the Grum King. Yeah. Like, what? 
is he? Like, what kind of creature is he? Is he a dryad? Is he a branch witch? Is he a... I'm assuming he's a tree lord. He's a tree lord? Is he a tree revenant? I don't know what he is. I'm assuming he's a tree lord. It just seems like what he would be, you know. That's just me. It doesn't actually say. No. Uh, at least I didn't see it in here. I didn't. I don't remember it being here. I'm kind of paging through it, not seeing it. Um, these were the guys who were there when Alariel sang the Living City into being. That was the co- that was the coven uh, that that did it with her. The Narut guys there. They are the lore masters and and the and the magic casters. Um, it's really cool. Um, and they're kind of isolated too, you know. And they're a bit isolated. But she has told them, "You have to remember." Uh, this is an interesting part. This goes back to that whole nobody remembers anything. Mm-hmm. Their isolation also bears a noble aspect, for Alariel has charged the Narl Root with remembering truths she would have others mercifully forget. Mm. And they shoulder these secret burdens with profound stoicism. Ooh. Yep. What's what's going on here? Yeah, they're keeping secrets. Yep. Now, this next Wargrove, the Harvest Boon, I love this Wargrove. New kids on the block. Here they, they are. are. Backstreet's back. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hmm. uh, um, having emerged only during the age of chaos, they have enjoyed a constant rise that shows no sign of slowing. They have become symbols of hope. The core of their hosts are mass dryad warbands supported by swift lancers from Alerio's own court. Once small in number, their Alerio's rebirth has begun a chain reaction among them. Mm-hmm. Um. With the right of life, they're just all over. They are, um, they're they're a little over enthusiastic. Yeah, they have wrecked a few towns coming in there trying to help, and then overgrowing. Uh, and I love here the harvest moon will always attempt to make mis- make amends for its mistake. Warriors of the glade have been known to swear binding oaths to those they have inadvertently wronged. Because sometimes they do that. Because in their enthusiasm, they sometimes overgrow and do things that mess things up. Because they're the new kids. Yeah, their their ruler, the Willow Queen, she's a dryad. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I I like this one a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, the Iron Bark, the first to settle in Shamon. Shamon. I don't know how to pronounce that. Shamon. Shamon. Um, their mastery of blending wood and metal was second to none. These forest spirits learned they could use their roots to draw forth precious minerals from the earth. Though mindful to never take more than necessary, they did not squander this bounty, and their form soon glittered with crystal deposits and seams of precious metal. These are pretty cool, and they are friends with the the Dwarden. Yeah. Um, they're a neat army they're smiths they're skilled smiths they're they have cool weapons um i like uh this bit of lore because yeah what 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 can what in the realm of metal you don't picture you know trees and greenery among the realm of metal Mm -hmm. and they make it happen with their um you know with the way that they're they're doing things and they sound pretty cool. I also would like to see some painting guide 
for their stuff. I don't know if it's in here or not. And I don't Ironburg? I thought, I thought I saw an Ironbark painting. Thing. Oh, yeah, here, Ironbark Tree Revenant. And they just, yeah. they, they're a lot more grayish in them because they've got a yeah. bit of that metallic look to it, but not straight up metals. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a bit grayish to the bark. Um, but they're pretty interesting. Um, do you have anyone in here that's your favorite? We've still got three others. we got the Heartwood, um, the Dreadwood, and the Winterleaf. I mean, I was kind of partial to the uh, the just the first one, the Oakenbrow, just because I think I because they mentioned that they have most you know the tree remnants, Gossamer archers were found in great abundance, and those were the kind of the models that I kind of clicked with the most when I was looking through this. Yeah, I mean that's really cool. I just, I, lore-wise, I mean, they're all pretty interesting. I love mm-hmm. that you've got these Naro Root, the lore masters. You know, of course, I love the lore masters. Harvest Boon is just so much fun because they screw things up. Yeah. You know, and then, but then they try to fix it. There, there's so, so much youthful energy in there. And that's mm-hmm. so appropriate with the rebirth spell and the re, uh, the gush of life running forward that you'd yeah. get these sort of young, impetuous mm-hmm. types. Although, Heartwood. I don't know. I mean, that's those are the guys who are in Kerno Kernothiel. Yep. So they were the they're the, hey, they're the they're the vanguard. They're the guys that are fast. They're the guys moving up in the front. Yeah. So so, so yeah, these are the guys who picked up Kernoth's spear. Yes, I know. You See, know? I I I kind of thought that was going to be your one. I thought that was going to be your favorite. Yeah. I mean, if. He had actually some interaction with them, and you could like somehow play as you know, or do something with that. And then I'd be like, "Yeah, cool," but that is not the case. So, <laughs> dang it! They've got a cute little rule though, because if you're talking about the hunters, you know, yeah. and the vanguard, uh, you can pick three different enemy units on the battlefield to be your quarry. If you do so, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly Heartwood units against those units. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially the way the game's going now, with your yeah. with your bounty hunters and your different oh, yeah. things, plus one to hit for the, against the three different enemy units. Yeah, that just means uh, you don't have to use a command point, right? Oh, a well chosen like three units could be a big deal. Oh yeah, that's a cool bonus. It's small, mm-hmm. but it's constant. <laughs> right, right. Um, Winterleaf. This this one's so this is so sad. The Springleaf was one of the one of the you know numbered amongst the greatest of all glades, and then they got smacked by Nurgle. Yeah, Horticulus Slimex came and messed them up, and now they've gone from the Springleaf to the Winterleaf. They fled Uh, to the most desolate, ice-locked regions. Yeah, Uh, they harnessed the cold bitterness that sunk into their soul pods. They are strange and fey, found behind frozen waterfalls or within rime-encrusted trees that glow with unearthly light. You know, uh, I appreciate the fact that you made a a, a group that was this, and then after Nurgle came, they're now something different. And uh, it's sort of, you know, messed up. And these guys are sort of, this this is a very sad, mournful little group. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we've got Dreadwood. There's always something wrong with Dreadruled. Their soul pods are not planted in the sun-dappled groves, 
but in the recesses of the deepest forests, often those of Shyish and Ulgu, where the shadows grow thick. Um, this is a fun. They don't. These are the ones who don't like anybody who's not a Sylvaneth. Yeah. These are your guys who are most likely to kill you. These are the guys who are most likely to overdo it when taking umbrage with what outsiders are doing. It's a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool group as well. Uh, and this is the seven playable ones. There are so many more that they talk about. You never know when what they're going to introduce. But I do like the Dreadwood. Yeah, they have good rules for the Spite Revenants, too. Yes. Um, there's inter- there's interesting rules for all seven of these. Yeah. You know, they make something. It, 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 they are. Like Winterleaf is a straight counter to Nighthaunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me like, no oof. likey. Oof. Yeah. But they've they've all got something that, uh, you know, you consider, and we always do, and we'll talk about when we talk next episode about the rules. Mm-hmm. You can argue how useful each of these are in a, in a, in the game. Yeah. But they all, they once again, all of these bits of rules fit their lore. Uh, arguably better than the Night Haunt ones do for theirs. Mm. Um, although the Night Haunt ones aren't bad. But these are pretty cool. But that's that's our lore, man. That's it. I know. It's a, it's a it's short. Kinda, yeah. Short, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's This is probably one of the shortest lore episodes we've done. And I hate to pay them short shrift, but it's this, this story's really, we've, I mean, this is one of the central stories for the entire run of this game. Yeah, I mean... The story of Alarial and the Lady of Vines is essential to the Realmgate Wars, and then everything that happens in that kind of is just the continuation of the whole story. I mean, really. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there are different people, and I think part of it is, you know, you talk about, say, the orcs, and yes, the land of Gur is mostly where they are, but they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? The ogres are everywhere. The humans are everywhere. The Sylvaneth are in the realm of life. I mean, are they everywhere? Yes, but it they're so entrenched and intrinsically connected to this realm in particular. And you can yeah. say that about, every, you know, uh, yes, the Stormcaster from Azir, but their people come, the, the people who make up the Stormcast come from all over. Mm-hmm. The Sylvaneth are from the realm of life. Yeah. You know, and I know we just said they planted soul pods in other places, but it's just, you can't, I mean, when I look at Stormcast, there might be a clue, depending on how their armor's painted, what they are, from what realm they might be from. Mm-hmm. You can look at the different orcs, see what realm they might be from. But when you see Sylvaneth, you think realm of life. Yeah, I hope we get that when we see, like, uh, the Shadow Elves, the Malarian-led. Oh, uh, yes. I hope, I hope it's going to be like, Wow, these guys are from the realm of shadow. That's and uh, that's yeah, it. yep. I hope I hope we see that. Yes, I want to see. A sh- I don't. I don't want to call. I hesitate to call them dark elves, but for lack of a better term, I want to see my dark elves or my shadow elves represent the realm of shadow as well as these guys. Yeah. represent the realm of life. Right. That will be fantastic. I agree oh, yeah. with you a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've told this story so many times because we've been telling this particular story. I mean, we literally went through the Age of Chaos in just a couple minutes because the realm of... It's the biggest stories all happen here. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel, I kind of feel bad. We got an episode that's barely hitting two hours, and at least, you know, almost half of that was, you know, the, well, not almost half, but I'd say, you know, th- you know, a third of it was the toolbox and the intro <laughs> stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. And yelling about He-Man, of all things. Well. So. Um, I mean, it's not our fault that the lore of this book is only... It felt short. Didn't it feel short? Well, I mean, it's only tw- it's it's like ten pages. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think most of them, when you once you add in the with with a few exceptions, when you add in the little bit of lore about the different units, mm-hmm. almost all the books come up between thirty five and forty pages. Yeah, and this one gets to about thirty. 30 it's thirty nine pages before you get to the paint section. So it's not that much shorter, and it's up to it's up to page. I mean, Alario's pictures on page thirty, and that's where the the unit mm-hmm. lore starts. Mm-hmm. So it does come up to page, you know, twenty. It just seems short. It's there's. Mm. I think part of it is, you know, like when we read the last one, when we did the stuff with Marathi, even though we had covered a lot of that in the Marathi book, some of that stuff still felt new. Some yeah. of that stuff still felt like it was uh, something coming in that was at least uh, giving well, us was, a new it, angle, a new yes, aspect. It, yeah, it was a different take on it, on some of the stories. And we don't really see that in this book, honestly. Right, because you because we're t- t- tilting all of that through Marathi's eyes and how she's changed and adjusted and done all these things and they've got plans. Here, Alario really... I mean, she does a lot, but we don't get to know her. Like, you know who Marathi is. We you know, know who Marathi is. That's a good point. We don't really go into Alarial. Not that really. Much. We don't have a Broken Realms book called Alarial. You know what I mean? We, I mean, they, we, haven't, they haven't given that to us yet. Well, let's face it. You got an age of the age of myth. She is bringing the realm to its beauty. And she doesn't, even though she's part of the Pantheon. She's mm-hmm. not doing a ton outside yeah. of the realm of life. Right. Which is, and what is she doing? Growing trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you get to the realm of chaos. What does she do? She fights in the realm of life. Then she withdraws, and we don't see her. Right. And then when she comes out, she takes war aspect, and we still, there's not a lot of, we're not seeing a Lario plotting. We're not seeing, I mean, yeah. Teclis, I mean, if you want to go, even Teclis, like we, there's a, he's doing a lot. Yeah, Sigmar's doing a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the orc leaders are doing a lot. Yeah, you know the chaos guys are doing. Alarial's just kind of like I'm rebuilding. Yeah. Okay, and I mean, she, we don't. Yeah, I, we don't have much. Do we? Do we have black library fiction about Alarial anywhere? Not much about her in particular, I don't think. Right. I mean, there's not an Alarial book, like I said, and that's and that's I think that's what makes this one such a quick go through. Yeah. Because there isn't that thing to hang it on. There isn't right. that big thing. It's it's a realm that we just said encompasses every type of growing thing. Right? Every type of plant life, every type of realm, dozens of of seasons. Mm-hmm. And it still feels like we've just been repeating it, you know. 
Yeah, I mean... There isn't that personality that stands out. It's very... Well, remember the Wood Elves. She was the thing that stood out. Her and Orion stood out, and you'd get some individual characters. But for the most part, they were just the guys who lived in the forest, and yeah. the forest was deadly, and they learned to live in, in, in yeah. peace with it. But it wasn't... It didn't have that... I, I always feel they sort of lacked the depth of yeah. st- story-wise that other ones... Yeah. Like, and not because they aren't deep, but because we just don't know what's happening. Right. I mean, just a quick look at like the Black Library site. There's a, you know, the Realmgate Wars. There's a book called Wardens of the Everqueen. But it's not about her. It's about, it's about the Stormcast Eternals. You yeah. know, it's about the Hallowed Knights. It's about, I mean, she's in it, but it's not really about. But is her. she? I mean, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she's in it, but yeah. Yeah, I should read these. Again. I should read these again. These are awesome. They are good, mm. but it's just like I said. I think she's sort of un. She's she really is still a bit of an unknown, and that's what makes going through the lore so quick because we can't. We don't have anything to sink our teeth into. Yeah, I'm screaming. Nagash is the worst. This isn't even his episode. <laughs> we all know. You know, Marathi is is a liar, and she's just kind of rotten and. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, uh, uh, but she's uh, the manipulator. Teclis yeah. is full of himself. Okay, so. You know, but she's just kind of an unknown quantity, even at this point, when we know who she is and what she is. Yeah. So what's our next, our next, like, we're going to do the next edition of this book. Yeah. And then we're going to, then we're going to wade our way through the Skaven book. If we have uh, to. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I'm not anti-Skaven, but that book, that book is hard to discuss on the air. The lore is going to be easy, but I'm yeah. going to tell you, if you're... Co- okay. Yes, I want everybody to listen. I would love it if everybody who played Warhammer listened to this show. It would it would make me no greater joy in my life other than, other than when my kids were born. You know, I would love to see people, you know, uh, listening. Yeah. And I love the Skaven too, but that's a lot of stuff. It and is. the problem with it is... Just going through it, they have six major clans, and they have the, they each. They each have all their own artifacts, all their own artifacts, all their own spell, all their Command own everything. Traits. We're good. That, it, that, that's confusing. I'm sorry. That's too. That is. It's it's difficult enough to go through all the rules and have someone listen to it and have them, you know, and have it be meaningful in any way. I have struggled with this for years to to cover it thoroughly mm. in a way that isn't just rattling off rules for hours that make no connection. In fact, recently we've tried to lump sp- all the special rules in with the types of characters who can use them yeah. so that you could do that. Th- but you could basically make pr- almost anything. You don't want to talk about warp lock engineer command traits for 20 minutes? No. No, I don't. <laughs> and that's telling you something because I never shut up about this game. Okay, uh, my students. It's it's Friday. We're recording. It's a Friday. My yeah. students came back to school yesterday. Mm-hmm. They've already seen. Like I have the last couple of Warhammer calendars from Black Library. Mm-hmm. I have the calendar. The picture parts cut out, and they're up around there. You know, on one of my boards with some cool stuff with the book titles underneath them. If kids are interested. 
Yeah. I've got Warhammer stuff. My screensaver on my computer up there is the Warhammer, the Warmaster versus Horus. We are starting up Warhammer Club again. Like nice. all my students know that I'm a tabletop wargamer at this point because as we're all introducing and talking about ourselves, yeah. I've got all this stuff around. Kids have already asked about it. Like th- I never. I have a podcast for 12 years that we are now doing where all I do is talk about Warhammer. I know. I I get it. I live, breathe, and sleep this stuff, and I don't want to cover this. That should tell you something. That's my point. None of that was brag beforehand. That is just setting up understand. So it'll it'll just be me talking about Skaven... Warlord traits for four hours. Yeah, that'll be the first okay. ever episode I'm not on. Right, sure. <laughs> no, I'll be here. Somebody's got to complain. It's just Chris talking about Skaven artifacts for Bananas. three hours. Uh, and, go- and yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just and I, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put a, my best face on it. I'm going to sound excited. I'm going to be the, but I'm telling you right now, deep down underneath, when you're listening to that, just know that I am suffering and I am just (laughs) not enjoying, I'm not looking forward to that. The lore episode, totally looking forward to the war episode, not. And this is the first time I'm ever saying that. (laughs) And I mean, Uh, Hey, you know what? At least, Yeah, the only thing I'd want to do less is another Stormcast book. Ooh, we should do it. We should do a, another Stormcast episode. Why Just do you on. hate me? <laughs> what have I done to you recently that would make you want to do that? <laughs> we should take like the last the, year of feedback from what's going on with the Stormcast and do a Storm Stormcast rehash episode. <laughs> this is the worst idea ever. <laughs> ever. Oh man. Worst idea. Yeah. Call, give us a voicemail if you want to hear the Stormcast <laughs> rehash episode. Sure. Uh, you know what? We'll do this one when, when I when we put the episode up if I remember I'll put I'll post a poll. Who would like who would <laughs> like an episode that is just covering all the Stormcast and all the Skaven and how they stack up against each other? Yeah, based on tournament results from the past two years. Oh, get out. I don't even know where to find that, and I don't want to know. Get out of here. The book that's got more characters than some books have total units. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. And I love the Stormcast, too. But uh, covering, it's brutal. It is brutal. And here I am just complaining, making this episode longer. But you know what? This is what I do. I don't shut up about Warhammer. I know. I, I was on a plane the other day for work, and I just I li- was literally just on the Age of Sigmar app the entire flight, <laughs> <laughs> just making just making and tweaking army lists. It was it was great. It's awesome. Hey, I love this. It's just, and I'm not trying to be negative. That's just hard for me personally. I know people like Rob Symes can go right into that book and tell you what's the best. There's other people who know that's. I'm certain you and 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 uh, uh, Alex mm. would be great at just picking apart what's great and running through it and just picking that. I don't know that, so I kind of run through all the stuff and I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. This sounds cool. That mm-hmm. I look through it. The book is too big. <laughs> the book is too big. 
I, I've got, I'm, I'm sitting there right. Okay, this goes with this, and this goes with this. You know, you know that meme where with Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia standing in front of the board with all the, all the, all the, you know, yarn taped to all the yeah, connections. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I feel when I try to sort this book out. It is a lot, but I'm getting it out now so that when we actually cover it, the people who love that army are going to hear a. Uh, honest and energetic review. The other, I mean, the previous iteration of that book was even more confusing. Like, if you could figure out like what lore lord went with what units you had to have, and this and that, I was like, oh my god! Like, I just want to have a gray seer and some guys. Let me let me put like, it this way: for anybody who maybe doesn't know or play a lot of Skaven or hasn't been playing for you know out beyond Age of Sigmar. Mm. Skaven have consistently and almost without exception had the longest FAQ and errata of any army book. Oh, theirs yeah. is always the longest because there's too damn many rules. Yeah, and they and the, how they all interact and what happens. Yeah, remember, I think it was an eleven page was the la- was that last yeah. Skaven Eighth Edition FAQ. It yeah, was it was like ridiculous. eleven pages. I think yep. it, like the like the FAQ was longer than like their rules section or something in their actual army book. It was dumb. Yeah. I, I, this And that's why I get aggravated. Mm. But you know what? That's just me. Hopefully, you know, ugh, we're going to get hate mail on this episode. I know it. I know it. <laughs> White well, Tech, what the hell? Where did you go with that episode? Like, what happened to you? I don't know. I'm tired and I'm cranky and I'm old. And this is what happens. Get off my lawn. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so we are done though. We've covered it. We'll yeah. be back. We'll be back soon. Okay, there's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to have five episode drops this month because we got two regular episodes, three short 30 to 40 minute Gen Con episodes, and who knows what else. So cool. we got a lot coming out, people. Um, please tune in. Please listen. Hey, if you got friends who are playing Old Eighth Edition, tell them to listen to the old episodes. But we would yeah. love we'd love to see more people jumping in, and there will be that. Chris, you got to remind me when the episode drops. I'm counting on you to go put in the poll. Remember your poll. Jeez. Oh, okay. We'll see who wants that. I don't even remember how to do that. Okay. Ah, we'll figure it out. All right, but folks, until oh next time. Only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure, fools. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Sigmar. There you go. I saw you didn't have the sound bite out, so I, I went did not. for it. All right. Thanks. Bye, folks. All right, see ya.